to the Pat Life Podcast. As always, I am Patrick, and today is going to be a fun one. I'm really excited about this one. I've been thinking about it since last week when I was speaking with our man here, Chance. Uh, Chance was uh, with us. It got cut short on my end, but he was kind enough not only to come back, but come back uh, ready to go with our other friend here, the one and only Dylan Sicoccio. Now, did I say that right? I owe, I've been thinking about that for like five minutes before we started. Yeah, Sicoccio. I used to get it wrong all the time. Yeah, you said you said it wrong, but you know what? I just realized I was watching both of your podcasts uh, the other day. Chance is is your name? Have you not been correcting me when I say your name? It's Gartone. I just like when people say Gartone because it sounds cooler. But my family says Garton. Is it Gartone? Is like, you know, it just sounds more spiffy. Is it French? No, it's Welsh. Okay. I don't even know. It came. My ancestors with that name came in with William the Conqueror. Well, interestingly enough, garitus is the chattering in Latin. So gar is related to speaking and um, the, the B, the G became interchangeable with the B. And so that's where you get bar and that's the root of bard. And so, and then you got ton, which is toan, which is uh, on he the essence he who is tell as Plato wrote tell me of the god on who was is and will be so you got the chattering of on in your word <laughs> I like it I like it I have a chart that I've been don't mind me that's just the wine talking <laughs> it's okay Good. it's uh, we're language of the bards we're about that I actually have a cool chart that shows all it's like a cipher of all the letters that are interchangeable for each other as language has changed throughout time. Pretty handy. Very cool. Dude, this is, this is why I'm excited, man. Cause as I was saying before we, we, uh, you came on Dylan, uh, being that I am newer to the things that we are talking about intertwining all this stuff. I like that you guys will be able to take things maybe a little bit further into the conversation, uh, kind of, uh, just extrapolate off one another to really make this fun and exciting. I mean, I will say through reading your books, uh, which we will get into. Uh, I now know how to tell someone to fuck off in like 15 languages, which I'm really stoked about. Oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say it's like it's like the old days when you had like the Pokemon cards. I'm like, which one? Oh uh, yeah, dude. Which one you feeling, dude? Right. So what? Do you, hey, what do you think of the third one? You like how it's nice and big and got all the pictures and shit in it? So, well, we can get in. Let's dive in. I love that there's the pictures, man, because a lot of the times for someone like myself, there's so much information that's intertwined. Having the visuals to see the statues and the things that are already out there for everyone else um, who even the ones who aren't deep diving into what we're doing but are on vacation going to these these monuments going to these landmark spots to see these things to have the visual makes it so much more uh, easier to digest at least from my opinion because it is it is it is heavy material uh, you know there's no question about it but it's exciting when you have that mindset of going into it like okay this shit's intertwined there's something here let me go in with that mindset because as you said in the book um and i can maybe let you guys dive more into it um if you're not in that mindset going in it's it's going to come off in a way that might seem like what the fuck is this or like oh, okay you know and you know i can imagine you have people chime in and you know chirping like that um so but anything you guys want to start to add while we dive in but i love the third one man i love the picture well, the reason i did that is because um for my own sake, you know, when I'm, when you learn about this stuff, uh, with 
we're lucky. People don't realize, um, well, we were lucky. We're not so, I mean, it's, it's Google and stuff. All that stuff is so rigged now that you can't really find what you're looking for like you used to be able to. But there was a time where you could find a lot of this stuff. Um, you might have to dig a little bit or go like, or like kind of like a roundabout way of finding it, but eventually you might come across some tourist's picture of the monument or the, the work that you're trying to discover and verify it for yourself. And that got increasingly more difficult uh, to, to re research things. So that's why I saved images like in my process. And the reason I put it in that book in color is so it's there, you know, and it'll be there for hundreds of years if people take care of the books. And so it's a little bit more expensive. And that's why, because it's color, it's bigger, and um, you know, I I make half as much money off of it as I would with my other books. So it's like a huge pay cut for me just to try to make it at a reasonable price. But uh, it's by far the one that I'm most proud of. Um, this fourth book that I'm working on is also I'm pretty proud of this one. But it's not going to be it's not going to have color imagery because it's going to focus more on like languages and primarily exposing the fraud and what they've done through translations. Uh, a lot of deceptive stuff uh, that people are not aware of. And that's the problem is everybody always argues from a place of like a fictitious framework that's not real. Mm -hmm. And what my work does is showing you how you're in a framework that is a straw man. It's based on presumptions and all these logical fallacies. It's very much like the... Um, flat earth thing where like a lot of people um, argue about all this stuff like God bless him but David Weiss entertains a lot of bullshit and he goes he goes he he likes to like roll around with the pigs in the muck so if you have somebody like who's talking about well what about this but what about Saturn's North Pole that you know is a hexagram and all that stuff it's like well where's that picture taken from base Whereas my work cuts it off and says, no, 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 no. Space is a violation of the second law of thermodynamics. How do we know that? Because it's a vacuum. How does gas behave? It fills the available vacuum. Does our or does the air we breathe have gas? Yes. Then how is that possible without containment? And so I don't even entertain that bullshit because I already know it's going off in a, a logical fallacy construct where there's no reality. And that's what people get caught up in when they're debating scripture and all this other stuff where it's verifiably uh, not real or authentic documents. And it was created much earlier. In fact, you know, people say the word like um, the Bible and they don't even realize that that's a term that didn't really exist uh, in that capacity to like the 1400s. Right. It wasn't called that, you know? So there's just a whole lot of shit and that you can peel back the layers and see exactly how the timeline uh, of all this religious slavery that we're being that's being imposed on us now, you can see where it all begins. And it starts in the third century when the Christians burn the libraries of Alexandria, they start closing all the Neoplatonic schools. You know, the idea that all this stuff took down the Roman Empire is nonsense. It is the institution. Right? It is the cult of the eternal fire, the sun. 
and you can prove it in like 20 different languages because when you start going back to that philological structure of languages you see that they're all the same language hebrew sanskrit like the etruscans in italy they spoke uh their language is very similar to sanskrit in terms of its structure and its words and then that as that society dwindled away it, it uh it basically degenerated into latin right and so you see how like hebrew and greek all come from what we call egypt which was never called egypt but it also has the same roots and words and all that other stuff and you see like in the bible all of the hebrew words that they say is hebrew all of those can be found in arabic the roots and so there's a story there that my next book is going to be exposing and you see the corruption and the degeneracy of the translators because everybody has a vested interest from the Jews, from the Christians, and from the Persian world of hiding why they mistranslated stuff intentionally because the closer you look at it, you're going to see it's the doctrine of emanations. That's when you're talking about, oh, the Bible is basically Kabbalism. Sorry basically the cult of Zoroastrianism and the astrology that they were teaching in the Mithraeotic caves. So there's a whole ton of history that is covered up that we may never get to, but through language and symbolism. And it's like one of my least favorite things to research or to be interested in, but when I wanted to know what was going on in this world, that's the only place where I could find it and like kind of like dig up the sediment and actually see what's underneath all these words and symbols. And, um, you know, just to correct something, what you guys, uh, what Chance was saying on your previous podcast, I never said I would stop doing this work. I said, so what I used to do when I would write my work is as I was going, I would make memes with appropriate artwork and share segments of my books and that's how i would market them before this is the days before like the shadow banning really took off when people see my profile and they see there's like thousands of posts or whatever that's why and the one that i have that you guys are subscribed to on instagram that's actually my backup i I used to have another one that was just private and in the waste bin but i used to share my work going along and so then when i said well I'm published my uh, July's end last in 2020 in June. I said, if it doesn't make a hundred sales by July's end, I'm no longer going to be sharing the memes and stuff. It wasn't that I was ever going to stop doing, I would never do this work for approval. I don't care what the masses, there is no reward for this work. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's fun that I get the, the real reward is just getting to talk to like chance you crow guys that are at a higher level and that we wouldn't otherwise um we wouldn't be talking if i hadn't written these books of course you wouldn't know who i was so it's like that is the real benefit of this work but that's not i would never nothing motivates me to do it other than trying to save my own fucking country and uh cultures all over the world because what should be happening is people should be coming aware of what's going on, what the lie is, how similar it is in every region. And it actually, uh, book four explores the, the idea that, is it possible 
Now, I know a lot of people are already balls deep in this with like the Tartaria stuff, but you know, Tartaros means hell. It's an allegory. I mean, that's where, that's why it's, it's winter, right? The winter portion of the year. Tartary is a very cold climate. Um, but when you look at these languages from the Agams, which the Irish Agam is literally, it means secret or mysterious, right? It's a secret or mysterious language. And it's a fucking Sanskrit or a, it's an Indian, you know, from the, the word is from India. Mm. Why do they have deities like Agnios, which is the Greek, uh, uh, literally, if you look up Agnios, he is Eracles, the sun, get the lion cloth, like the lion head and everything. Why do they have, why did um, the ancient Celtics choose a specific set of Greek letters that wasn't introduced to Greeks till like uh, 750 uh, BC, something like that. Why do they have the same like 18 letters as the Arabic, the Greek, Sanskrit, Hebrew, you name it. These cultures are all connected. Where it gets even weirder is why do they have all the particular sacrifices, right? It's the superstitious stuff and the offering of gifts and, you know, the bloody sacrifices, it, that is, that's a fairly new thing. All that shit is like maybe like Greek Empire, Krishna, that stuff. But like Buddhists were not about that. Like all this stuff that existed before that was not about these like bloody sacrifices or these burnt offerings. Why do all these cultures from the South Americas, you know, they all have these specific set of sacrifices and they're all too similar. And none of them have ever been proven to work. Right, it's all up here in like a religious belief. That's where it starts getting weird, and that's where you have to come to terms with: Is this really a uh, a priest class that's going from place to place through imperialism and conquest, or are we looking at remnants of a much older civilization that they've covered up? And that's where I think the Tartaria. Um, Research is valuable, but I don't agree, or I, I'm not on board with how it's being presented, and, or that it was called Tartaria, if that makes sense. So, so that's kind of where I'm at with book four. And uh, I just wanted to clear that up because I didn't want people to think like, like if, if I, nothing I've ever done has been for the approval or support of the masses, because you guys were even talking about it in your last podcast, that conversation you were having where sometimes you can tell somebody everything and they'll never, they, you can explain it out, lay it out for them and they're not at a place where they can get it. And um, this is why there has always historically been a divide between the creative class, the sacred and the common class, the vulgar. And you know, this idea of equality is not true. And it's not a bad thing, but we're not equal. We are not the same as other people, you know, like some people, and that's not a bad thing. Some people are very good at like building things or engineering or other things, but that's all they can do. Like if I were to ask them, like I remember when I was like, like my friends that I grew up with, the blue collar and stuff, they could fix any fucking car, like before the cars were all electronics and stuff. And I would always be like trying with them and I'm like, well, well why does, what is it, why does this work? Like how, and they're like, I don't like, what are you asking that shit? This just is, this is 
the fucking carburetor. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not in this like philosophical mindset. Whereas I'm like this guy, like I need to know like how, why is that working? Exactly. You know, and that is, that is to my own detriment, why I can't access what they're doing because I can't just accept that it works. I want to know too much. And if somebody can't explain that to me, I get flustered and confused. And then, so it's like, they'll be like, man, what's this fucking guy? He doesn't even know what he's doing on this car. Get him the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, we're just not equal. And that's not a bad thing. That, that diversity is how we, that's how we add value to our community. You know what I mean? By being singularly exceptional at one thing that we're unreplaceable at. And so this is one of those things where I feel like I am unreplaceable. There's other people that do equally good work, but not the way that I do it. And I think that's where my value is. And the idea, um, the reason I did these books, a lot of people get mad because like the first one or two have like a really intense tone to it. But it's like, I'm writing to my younger self at 16. Right. Because if I knew what I knew now, I never would have gone out to Hollywood. That would have stopped me from ever knowing what I know now, but I would rather have had a better life where I built a business and was successful and had like a family and did things that I actually was trying to do than go learn all this shit, sacrifice some of the best years of my life just so I can put it out in books and you know make a, a peasant uh, living off of it. You know what I mean? So I don't make enough money to care that much about it, but I did it because I felt like, well, I, I got hexed. I fell for a lot of these traps. I can help people unhex themselves, but I can't unhex somebody because it's all voluntary. It's going back to what you said. It's like, you've ever seen that meme where like it's like an elephant or a horse and they're tied to like a chair and it's like a plastic chair and they don't know that it's not, yeah. that they could just run away because something else reinforced that they can't. That's kind of how most people are. Absolutely. And you can tell them that that's a, that's a plastic chair, you're free to go. And they'll look at you like, what? Hold on, I gotta get my eighth booster. Give me another mass. I need five mass. Four mass isn't good enough. You know what I mean? It's like they're yeah. fucking gone, and you can't help them. You just gotta let them go. That's and that's the hardest thing because sometimes those people are people that we love. And so that's why I did this work. I try to. I I'm like niche. Like everybody's good at killing certain sacred crowd cows or whatever. I'm good at the religious text because the word religion, re, and league. Latin that literally means to bind again, religare, to bind fast, to thwart from forward progress. There's nothing about that word that has anything to do with truth or freedom. And if people knew what was in these words before they got involved with them, they wouldn't get involved with them. They keep their spiritual practice between them and God, right? No middleman brokers, no pateres, no fathers of the Christian church, no priests of Apollo. No Brahmins, you know, none of that shit. No Druid. Druid means priest. Magi means priest, right? No priest. It's not magicians. It's Magi. That was what priests were back. That was that's what priests meant in uh, uh, Persia. It's only been a recent thing where they have kind of butchered that word and tried to make it sound like they're magicians, right? Yeah. Anyways, I've I've you know. Well guarded the mic enough. Now you guys, uh, it's time for this conversation to pull out. But that's my intro. Thank you, Stuart. I, I love every bit of it. And it is, you know, I wanted to take the time to give you that chance to really dive in. Um, but I want Chance to follow up. There's so many ways we could take that conversation. But Chance, what what was uh, what's something that uh, you want to tackle now or kind of go off of that? Or where's your headspace? I got a few things. 
I fuck it But up. first, on a on a technical side, I think because you and Dylan are both no headphones, and you, Pat, there's a bit of oh, is there ground? There's a bit of ground floor noise with what you. Uh, so that's basically causing Dylan's mic to a little bit cut in and out because it's trying to auto-correct for all that. So if both of you didn't have on. ultimate sound quality, I can't turn off producer mode. I just you know this is such a late Well, I would have rather if you, uh, you know, said that before I just went on this whole speech because now it's probably... It's not garbled. It's all good. It's just going to be better from here. So that was a great warm-up, and it's just going to get better. I didn't want to well, stop the flow. You were crushing it with your... You're uh, better? Am I tipsy talk. <laughs> is it better I'm not tipsy I'm yet. This is this is like my first drop of alcohol, and it's only like a little bit less than half a bottle, so I'll be good. Trust yeah, it's all right. I've it's been drinking wine improved. since I was a kid. Awesome. I'm Italian. Dude. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Sorry, sorry I about joking. that on my end, guys. Um, you insulted but... my cacao, so I had to say something about what you're drinking. <laughs> Although, I had... hey, this, hey, I'm drinking the Jesus juice, bro. Stop hating. <laughs> Uh, so this let me is, just... uh, this is straight, uh, heroin. So, <laughs> oh, I know, I know what's happening. Hold on. I got to plug my headphones into my computer. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure. Is that... it better on my end though? Yeah, I think so. The, the ground floor noise is, is better. So how about now? Oh, it's amazing now. Okay. hundred percent. It's uh, fine, Dylan. I know perfectionist, but it, like, no, I just wish you had said, Hey, shut the fuck up and start over. Don't let me go. Like, man, you drive. I'm, sh I'm ashamed of you right now. Chance. <laughs> I, want the public, I want the public to know I'm ashamed. <laughs> All right. Let me just break into the notes that I took mentally while Dylan was flowing. First of all, like to go way back to the beginning, when you were talking about Google, not being the same as what it used to be. Of course, it's funny that we even equate the term searching for something with gay ghoul. <laughs> Unfortunate, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I noticed, and I know Dylan will get this, that a lot of the, because writers, and I don't even say this is maliciously done, but because so many writers in Hollywood, in the video game industry, they just cannibalize old names for things and character names and concepts. And then reweave those things into their story it's kind of lazy honestly it also might be because they want to be symbolic to something that they're referring to but the point is now when you search something you get at the top of the search results because all anyone you know ever all anyone wants to do is play games and watch movies you get that at the first 10 15 25 positions of the search results all the different games that might use the name thor in it or something stupid okay. So that's a huge yeah, issue. And Hold on, let me chime in. Yeah. Let me chime in real quick because a, a thing that really happened in my generation, because my, my generation was like the first ones to go over, like uh, we were all like 18 when 9-11 happened. And there was this guy named, uh, there was this thing where they all came back in like 2005, that first wave called the Winter Soldiers series. And one of them you've seen, he was just yelling at George Bush the other day, demanding an apology like a couple months ago. His name's Mike Preisner. These guys had, there's all these accounts. That's how like Adam Kokesh or whatever, I don't know anything about that guy, but that's like one of the things that he was involved in as a young like Marine or whatever returning. Then they dropped that Captain America bullshit. Remember that Captain America winter soldier. So when you try to find the winter soldiers anymore in the search engine, you can't because all that comes up like is Captain America nonsense. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You want to know something funny too? 
is like, I wasn't sure when we were going to get to it and I want to save it for a little later. Cause there's other things I want to talk about from in reference to where you started, but the movie winter soldier, if you look at the main like theatrical release poster, it looks like this. It is actually the wheel of fortune card. Really? I'm not even joking. You can yeah. go look it up sometime. And that's exactly what they were copying when they made that poster. And there's a reason for that. Uh, but because you know, they have to cannibalize the the old systems and everything they do. And there's 22 movies of the Marvel yeah. films leading up to Avengers Endgame. And they each... I must say this, and I'm not making excuses because you are 100% sure. right. I have made the mistake um, with, like, fiction. when So eventually I used, like, um, I used my own skill set and stuff to create names for my characters in my fiction series. But there was a time where I didn't. And I would like look up mythological archetypes and I'm guilty of that myself. So I also think it's something that ex inexperienced writers do as well. I so there it's is that. I, I agree, but we're talking about the big D, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, a, there's plenty of talking about, Oh, Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about me for a second. My bad. <laughs> yeah. No. The, I mean, I, well, I'm sure they're tiny D's that work for the big D, but anyway, I mean, but here's we'll the, also Hollywood though. Hollywood is where those, you know, that that language from India that means the secret language of the secret doctrine. That's what Kabbalah is, right? The secret doctrine. So that was written. If you ever look for for those watching this, look up Agam. It's O G H A M, and it's like little hash marks. So the letter was like a little hash mark. I'm gonna stop you. I'm Irish. There you go. And I had no idea. I mean, I, I knew of it, but I, when you were talking about it, I'm like, I legit, when I was reading your book, I'm like, well, fuck me. <laughs> but yeah, and so, but that ties into the runes. So right. that those right angles, they tied into the runes. So that was carved. They would carve those on Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, it's, it, it's it, when you were- That's how the Druids work, yep. Dude, it's all in the books, man. I, I can't say it enough. I didn't mean to cut you short, but I, when you were talking about it, I'm like, no, that's that's fine. And you I, look I, Norse, you know what I mean? Like you have those like Nordic features. Like you're obviously over in Ireland as a con. You're not from like the Greek tribes. No, no, or yeah, whoever yeah. or the Romans who con. You know what I mean? Like right. there's. But it's cool. Yeah, though, and seeing how it all starts to, again, it is connecting. It is one of those things that just real quick, being that we're all creatives, philosophical in many ways. But also we, we, we take action, we do things uh, physically as well. It was one of those things as the creative side of going, how do we connect the pieces here, right? That's just how my mind works It's as a, as a writer as well in, in film and television is how do we bring this thing full circle? That's just how I think a good story is always coming full circle. Everything has to connect a good story. And what you're seeing with your books and what we're talking about and what we'll continue to talk about is how it's just that all these religions, all these these ancient cultures and all this crazy nonsense is all connected. It's just yeah. knowing what you, with your brilliant work, man, is going, okay, well, how? And that's what a good storyteller is going to do is, is they're going to show you how they connect the pieces. So when you're watching a film, you guys know this, you're going, oh, shit, I didn't know how, they, how the fuck did that happen. And it's like, go watch it again. See that, do you yeah. see that moment? And you go, like Book of Eli, like Book of Eli when he's fucking blind. Yeah. You don't realize he's blind the whole time. And you watch it the second time, you're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Dude, and that's in every movie, like a good movie that's trying to put pieces in there. And how do I know this? And I think we might have talked about this or someone else is how many of those clips on YouTube's where it's like 10 minute clips where it's like, 
Easter eggs you miss. People fucking get off on that because they like to know what did I not see? What was, this is why I believe that people are addicted to deception. There's an addiction to it because people go, oh my gosh, I want to see how someone pulled a fast one for me. I made a post about this a long time ago. Oh man, that ties into the Magi perfectly. <laughs> yeah, well, as you say, and it's also a very feminine characteristic. Females have to uh, deceive. That's how they can compete, right? They can't compete physically right. with men, so they have to deceive. They communicate covertly. How many times have you heard a girl complain, why doesn't he just get it? And they can't, whereas men are used to communicating with you. We communicate overtly. We tell you what we want. Right. They'll tell you like something else and expect you to understand something else. And that is, that's what I'm saying. Like the occult is a very feminine characteristic and the danger of delving into it too much is you will beta tie yourself as a man. It's not an alpha thing to do. So if you want to be like a macho, you know, a guy that women want to be with and men want to be like, you can't be messing around with the occult. Otherwise you'll lose a lot of your masculinity. And that's what I did. So that's what I'm now pulling myself up out of the muck. So it's like, my books are a way to help you avoid that. Bring your ass up to speed. Know what's going on. Don't waste your masculinity on it. Right. It's not going to change the world, but it'll make you unhexable. Yeah. Yeah. You read the wrong occult books. You'll be dressing up like a, a woman. <laughs> like. And that's, that's, you know, Jupiter, that's what people don't understand. Cause I know people are starting to talk about like, is the moon feminine? Is the sun masculine? No, they're androgynous. All Abrahamic stuff is androgynous. That is the Trinity motherfucker. How do you guys not you know you go back? I mean, even St. Augustine will tell you Jupiter is a man and an eternal maid. Like, this is that hermaphroditic archetype. Hermes, Hermes, Aphrodite, hermaphrodite. Right. <laughs> In case, you know, and a lot of people, I could say that and people still don't know what I'm talking about. Anubis, Hermes, Mercury, Buddha, Jesus. Odin. I think it's a coincidence Odin that, yeah, Odin, Odin. Yeah, so Buddha used to be addressed as Ad, A-D, right? The A is philologically... The o, A becomes A because everything starts off as an O. And you put that little hash mark to differentiate, which would be the I. You merge those together, you get A. So you got Od, the root of God, the root of Odin. Good. God is good. What does Christos come from? Christos. The good. Hence the Christians, the good fellows. Wow. God is good. Good. And the more odd fellows. Odd fellows. That's a that's a, yeah more occulted or secret society connected to the Masons. Odd refers to that one. It's different. What is something that is odd? It's not normal. It's away. It's apart from the rest. Well, I mean, and that also connects to that same root of that Odin connects to. Yes, yes, it does. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like because it's because the original God was the one. All these na names come after their name for the sun, which is the circle, or the O, the one. And then to differentiate when you're talking about O or the one versus God, you would put the hash mark of the A next to it, or it would be turned around the other way. So Ad, Ud, so Buddha is Odin. That's why you see these, these archetypes, because they are the sun. I think it's a coincidence that Mercury's mother is Maya, that Buddha's mother is Maya, Mahamaya, the great Mary. Right. 
No, this is not coincidence. This is an observable hodgepodge of the same symbolism. And the first thing, the same the first thing Mercury does or Hermes does after being created, does he like go steal the cattle from Helios? Yeah, Helios, the sun. Yeah, stealing from the sun, basically becoming the replacement sun, inheriting it. Yep. And you also see it in like uh, Yah, or in um, the Greek, it would be Iota Eta, the first two words of Jesus, J-E or I-E. And then in, in Hebrew, it's yod Hey. It's the first two word letters in Yova, who everyone calls Jehovah, who everyone calls Yahweh, because you can transliterate these words because they're interchangeable. Hebrew and Greek, the H and E are interchangeable. And this is why people need to know language, unfortunately, because it's, it's like fucking watching paint dry. It's so monotonous learning this shit, and I hate learning it. But these languages are how they keep tricking people because of the interchangeability of letters in the past, and they don't see it. They don't, if you don't know language, it's like, that's why when you were guys were talking about in the previous podcast, you can tell somebody about all this information and they're just looking at you like, you know, what the fuck right. is that? Cause they're, they don't know this. It's not that they're stupid. No. They just don't have the experience or the interest to learn about this stuff. And as a result of that, they are extremely ignorant. Right. And they're arguing about all this shit that my book resolves. All of my books resolve this right. stuff. It shows you what you're looking at. It is the sun. I heard a good joke today. Uh, I think it was from my friend Gabriel, YouTube channel Slick Dissident, and he said, "If you if you know two languages, you're bilingual. If you know three, you're trilingual. If you only know one, you're American." <laughs> Dude, and it, it didn't used to be like that. Look at our founding fathers. Motherfuckers knew like six languages and shit, you know, because they didn't have all these distractions. Now, but another thing, though, I want to ask your opinion on Dylan. I could agree that studying the occult can feminize and collectivize somebody if they're not, you know, very aware of that possibility. But what about if you go to the gym a lot, you lift heavy weights, will that counteract it? Yes and no. You can still be a jacked, plugged in beta male, right? Like you're, or like a blue pill alpha, as they call it. So it's really about what you're spending your time doing. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about YouTube, right? Like, so I don't like get it twisted because no. you guys produce content. Right. I produce content, but there are some men and women, but mo the men are who I'm trying to be, who I'm more concerned about because that's who I can relate to. That's who I can help. Women need to focus on their own, right? Women left to help each other have just been, you do you girl, act like a fucking second rate man, fuck whoever you want. It's not going to cheapen your value don't worry about it you'll be jaded yes, single mother yes you just do that and then you know women lie to each other because they're like you know they're like you people pat telling people that iceland is greenland and greenland is iceland so they go to the wrong fucking place right. you know that's what's being done <laughs> you know i'm just joking but like literally i know it's funny you know it's like it's this stuff, you as a man, if you're not putting out and creating co more content than you consume, if you're not making a dent in the universe, if you're not cutting the world around you, what are you doing in the physical world around you to make impacts on people's lives? If like you're not doing that, purpose. 
Yeah, so having guys, a purpose and sticking to it. Exactly. Major, yes. major key. And so you guys are not. You guys are not. I'm not talking about you two. When I yeah. No, no, I don't it, take it, that. You do have, but you two both have to be mindful of it because no, dude, you can go into these rabbit holes forever. Dude, I agree, and I think there's a like everything else. There's a balance too. Like same thing with exercise. Same thing with uh, emotions. Is learning that balance of like for my. I can speak for myself. Is when you start to wake up to certain things, or when I had, you just when you find rabbit holes or you find people that you can see like, okay, they know something, you take the time to just be an observer, just listen, take in the information, allow whatever emotions to come through, but just be with the information and then going, okay, now how do I move forward? How do I create from this? How do I, you know, uh, I don't say transcend, but how do I get from this? Cause like you said, if you're just always content, content, content consuming, well, then what are you doing? You're literally the person in the basement being like, did you hear what they're going to do next? And then you're like, like fuck, dude. But then it's a matter of going, hey, this information's out here. This is what I've gathered. Here's how I'm going to present it to people. I've done it now, you know, myself. I do it with music, trying to send a good message with music, the podcast, bringing people on, you know, who who get it, or at least are on these paths, and we can have a conversation about it. They're like, yeah, this shit's happening. It sucks, or yeah, it's unfortunate. But here's how we do things differently. Here's how we can move forward from it. And it goes with even exercise too, man. It's like some people just want to know how to do all this stuff, but now you put them under the physical stress, at least as a personal trainer for as long as I had, these are things that I'm really comfortable talking about is people know the concept, but then when they're in it, it's a totally different environment. It's a totally different outcome um, to what they've, you know, kind of uh, uh, conceptualized of, the, uh, of what we're doing. And they're going, for example, we do something, they go, I didn't know that was going to be so hard. I didn't know. I panicked. A totally different mind space compared to what the physical was, the, the actual action that was taking place. So, you know, as you said, it's learning how to not get caught up. And I'm totally with you, man, because I can speak for myself again. And I know for a fact there was moments early on where I was like, I need to, I need to stop, man. This is, I'm, I'm going gamma in these moments here. And it's being able to admit it and go, I need to take a break, pull back, yeah. you know, but it's, it's, it's part of the journey. But um, I just want to add one more thing to it is, I think through this, as we we're saying, people can't see things. It's not that they're stupid. I, yeah. I for the longest time was thought people don't want to hear truths because they're afraid of the truth being uh, more uh, basically scary than the narratives that are being pushed. And there is some truth to that, but maybe you guys can add it onto this. I also think even more so, being that so much stuff is occulted and hidden, people are more afraid of someone telling them like, you have more potential in you than you ever realized. And that's a big shoes to fill. And I think from my point of view and is training wise is, and I, again, it's all intertwined here is going, I've seen so many people stop themselves short because they were afraid that they were gonna push themselves to a point that was an unknown. Or in movies, we watch these movies of all these superheroes, all these myth, you know, these, uh, uh, these uh, mythology. Don't watch those movies. Yeah, right. I'm done with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care how much there is like to detail. That is, how fun yeah, that's is. like I'm, an alpha thing right I'm there. Over, I'm over Marvel. I have a bunch of comic books in my closet. I'm just saying I'm done with that shit. Right, right. I'll listen to people talk about their decodes about it. And like, I don't, I appreciate that it can be a teaching tool for esoteric thought, like the astrology and, and tarot can be decoded from it and all that wow. because kind of everything is everything. And these, it's the, the same story told over and over again, but I'm just not watching the movies anymore i'm done but i'm just saying from the people who aren't in the same headspace as like either of you guys it's it's they're going man i love 
this Thor character because I want to be him. How do we know? They wear the fucking t-shirts and they dress up as these characters as adults, right? And so the point I'm getting at is they see themselves wanting to step into this, oh, that's just a character. It's like, yeah, but these are based off of some of those principles that are within all of us of, of uh, strength, power, resiliency, you know, gratitude, uh, love, you know, all, all of the emotions that we feel. And I think that's scarier for people. Um, and I they're can, afraid of the montage, you know, gonna need a montage. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right, totally. <laughs> to get stronger, like go to the gym, the, the gym montage. The, the, uh, the, what's it, Top Gun, where they're playing volleyball on the, on the beach. Oh, that super homoerotic fucking, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, right. That was a big, actually, that's that's one of the things where I started, uh, I stopped that, I, I stopped watching movies, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've worked with Tom Cruise, he's a wicked nice guy, like, I kicked sand in his face in the middle of the scene, and he could have fired, he was one of the producers, he could have fired me, he had, like, a really great attitude, he's like, at least he didn't step on my head. Super great guy to work with. Who? Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. But man, I've heard some shit about him and that, and some of the shit that I heard about him, I'll tell you what, between him, like these Will Smith's types, these fucking John Travolta's. Hey John, if you're watching, I know you're not, but you like girls? <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, yes, yes, no, no, yes. Motherfuckers like ask him. I shouldn't say anything. I got read some definitions all of the word people. nice real quick. Nice say. means delicate. It means soft, <laughs> tender, dainty, sweet. These are words like you don't want to be a nice guy. I'm just saying there's nothing really good about it. Other definitions. I'm looking at the 1828 dictionary right now. Weak, foolish, effeminate, trivial, unimportant. These are the words that <laughs> easily Ooh. injured. These are words that nice means. Right. Dude, All I'm saying is Hollywood's run by the gay mob, and I'm not saying anything about any of the gentlemen I just mentioned, but it's dude, it's it, here's the thing, man. You can I'm, see it. You don't need me to say it. You can see it. Right. And when I learned that, like all these guys, we wa ended up growing up like watching their movies and stuff, and you find out they're just like raging, uh, yeah. sexually inverse people. Some of them are predators. I'm not saying any of those other guys are predators. But in my opinion, some of the shit that's happened to my friends around some of these motherfuckers yeah. in private is very predatorial and disgusting. Yeah. And like a bunch of gay Harvey Weinsteins, if you get what I'm saying. I And here's you the know? thing, it's not bashing certain people like who are just like, you know. That goes without yeah. saying, you know, we're talking about predatory. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not talking about just being homosexual. Cause I have, I have, so like my, my, that's the thing is like for me, like I grew up in the theater world like in high school and college, a lot of my friends are gay. That's, you know, like I, that's how I got in with the Hollywood crowds. Cause like I was hanging out with mostly gay friends. Right. And, um, I was just always of the mindset. Like, I don't care what your sexuality is. If you don't right. do that shit with me, I'm not going to be sitting here doing that. Like my straight stuff with you, who gives a right. shit? Are we friends? Or are we not friends? I don't care what you do behind closed doors. Right. Right. But that being said, me being a champion for their rights and then come to find out they're like not champions for our rights they want to actually like enslave us they want to take away all the masculine shit. and once you start realizing that agenda you're like what the fuck i thought we were friends oh no we're not friends you're just fucking parasites who use people 
to forward your own self-centered interests. And you actually don't like freedom. You like your freedom right. and slavery for everybody else. And that's my problem is like, I started seeing this shit. So I started, I started finding out about all this creepy shit. And then I find, I haven't watched movies seriously since like 2008, because I was just like, man, it's all just a bunch of fucking gay dudes pretending they're straight. America's buying it up. And all the, you know, look at all the women. Like the women take their advice from like, you know, hollowed out, disgusting other feminist women who got nothing going for them in the sexual marketplace. And they have no value in that. And they're taking their advice from gay men. Right. Yeah. And the and masculine you, and, characters are just treated like buffoons. Like that. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sick of it. If I'm going to be honest, I'm fucking sick of it. I'm fucking sick of the destruction of masculinity and this fucking feminine garbage. You know, these guys who are raised by only single mothers to right. come up and behave like defective women as men. And then they're sitting here. It's like creating this chaos storm of fucking communism and socialism because in a in a perfect world a woman is wa- going to want to take care of everybody and so that's where that egalitarianism comes from uh, uh, egalitarianism um come all this like equality everybody's equal right benefits for everybody like just stuff that's not sustainable in any type of logical sense where are you going to get this by going in debt well you look at consumer debt mostly women you look at fucking college debt mostly women like obscene like ratios and what we have is a feminization of our culture they are literally clipping our balls off and it's not just spiritually and mentally you look at testosterone levels the studies have come out this past year showing that men in their late 60s like 68 years old had more testosterone in 2001 than young men in their early 20s do have today you don't think that's a fucking problem that's the problem. I look at no my grandpa's the example. My my grandfather's hands make me look like a child. Right. You know, and some of that's because he worked on a farm when he was young and he yeah. developed that way. And that's a, I have delicate typist hands, right? But and they're not even that small relative to other dudes around me. Like I'm a pretty big dude. I'm like six two, one ninety. Not small, really, by today's standards. But when I'm next to my my grandfather, his Biceps are like the size of my fucking head. Dude. It's, it's that, ridiculous. That strength, man. And that's the thing too about kind of bringing to in the gym. Like what's interesting is, is you see even guys. He never stepped in a gym, I bet, his whole life. Probably. I'll just say. He probably never did that ever. He didn't, <laughs> you know? He didn't need to, man. And that's what's so funny is, is in the in the fitness world is, is being that there are more feminine men. It's like you see when people get like calluses on their hands or tear their arms from doing deadlifts or whatever the case was. It was all anyone can fucking talk about and that was the one thing that blew my mind like why are we talking about your cuts and your because people it was like their way be like i'm tough i got blood and it's like (laughs) it's a callus man you tore a callus it's unfortunate but like you'd see people be like ah fuck i'm like what happened oh dude like you're not gonna believe it like look at this callus and you're like sitting there like way to set it up man like i totally like cool what's what's the point in telling because it's like this, this desire to bring back masculinity, but it's like, again, driven by, as you said, a very feministic, uh, you know, state nature of everybody. And that's the one thing that I think is important uh, to what we're talking about is going, hey, man, all this shit isn't about bashing people to be negative. It's going, no, there's a serious problem here. Truthfully, as you said, 
testosterone going down dramatically since 2000s comparatively to you know 68 year olds to 20 year olds i'm the poster boy for it if anybody's look watching this like in the future and gets offended i'm the poster boy for it so i'm literally half the shit that i'm like yelling at and ranting about it's, it's me ranting about myself so don't take any of this personally because i know what it's like to go through this i grew up extremely alpha and i had the napoleon complex because i so i grew up playing ice hockey with kids who were like three years older than me they beat the shit out of me and so i was tough so when i played against kids my own age i fucking dominated them but then i was going into high school i was only five feet tall so i have that like aggressive napoleon complex and then my junior year i grew like eight inches in one fucking year it was super painful but now i was like bigger than everybody that used to pick on me and i could whoop everybody's ass now so it's like I am talking about myself. I've gone through this and I'm so like when we talk about this shit, we're trying to help you exactly. not go through what we've gone through. Cause now I'm 38 and I'm lucky that I have good genes and I took care of myself and I look good, but I wasted the most significant years of my life when I needed to be more masculine and doing more shit in the physical world, starting businesses, creating more relationships, doing stuff that actually mattered that would help me take care of my community and my family, whatever. Instead, I wasted it pursuing my quote unquote dreams, not realizing that things that I were pursuing are like not open to the public unless you're, you know, willing to suck somebody's dick or let, you know, them suck yours. You know, I've had Academy Award winners joke about roofing my drink at dinner. Right. And I'm saying, oh, no, I'm good. I don't want to wake up with a sore ass. And there's like, Oh no, I don't want to fuck you. I just want to suck your cock. Yeah, dude. That kind of fucking shit is what's going on in this world. And you want to talk about all these people blame uh, white alpha males, you know, all this other white supremacy, toxic man. Motherfucker, I've been in the halls of power. It's nothing but nasty, fucking trashy, used up, unfuckable feminist women and homosexual men and very beta ties men. You think. Bill Gates is an alpha male walking around with those fucking bitch tits, bitch tit Billy <laughs> and his fucking wife, Kevin Klein. No, that's not fucking masculinity, you right. guys. You think Fauci, who yeah. looks like he can't even grow a beard, is fucking masculine? You Dude. think Trump? Right. You're yeah. fired. You think that's masculine? That ain't fucking masculinity. And I'm not knocking Trump. I'm just saying these people are like, they're like, uh, they're things that people can focus on their energy. They're like puppets and everybody's like mad at the marionettes, whatever they're called, mm. instead of looking at who's fucking conducting them, and who made them, and who they work for. And that's, so that's why I don't focus on individual people. I focus on the systems because you can't blame one person for any of this no. shit. It's a system and we're all guilty. So the most empowering thing is to say, I have participated. I contributed this. Right. So I'm not going to throw rocks at other people's windows. They're fucked up, but I'm also just as fucked up because I also bought into this bullshit. Absolutely. What can I do to expose the system? So give whoever still has a conscience intact some chance to recognize what's going on so that they can stop participating. Absolutely. Because the game doesn't stop until people say this game is fucking rigged and it's lost all of its credibility. We need to just go create something else. Right now, everyone's like, they know it's rigged and they're just like, 
or if we can just get like one of our guys as one of the refs to get give us some calls, right. we'll fucking win. Yeah, right, and you're yeah. like, that's like this like trust the plan. Oh, you ever I'm seen so Owens? Tired of that. I can't believe that's still. You ever a seen thing. Owens? Co- you ever seen Owens cartoon where it's I'm like that guy is like he's the example oh, of yeah. get the hell out of this. Yeah, he's yeah. like that, that guy. He's like, oh fuck, John Podesta's in the sewers. Here comes Hillary. Oh, trunk off the top ropes, and I'm jerking <laughs> off again. You know what I mean? Like that's literally what these fucking internet troglodyte, trashy beta male scumbags are doing all day. Fucking scurrying around the internet ghettos, doing absolutely nothing masculine. And so if you're one of those guys, don't get mad at me. I'm trying to fucking help you. Right. Recognize that I actually am trying to help you. Rose before hose. Here's my hand. Grab it. I'm going to pull you up out of that fucking muck and let's get you going. Because I've been in that situation. I fucking fell in the muck. I lost what I was. Became totally betatized. To a point where I was believing in all these delusional things that weren't real. And now I had to pick myself back up and I'm still doing it. And I'm still down at the bottom, but I'm on the, the trajectory of upwards. So I know the hardest part about getting on that path is turning it around and how you make that decision. And so, and, or decision, but there are many decisions that need to be made. And one of the best ones that anybody can do is to just get in the gym and get lifting heavy weights. And the hardest part to do when you when you're thinking of that is what do I do? And so having a program helps you, you know, five five days of workouts, whether that's power upper, power lower, uh, back biceps, chest triceps, and then uh, you know, I don't know some other. I can't remember what the other one I do is, but like five different days of workouts, and you can start seeing results. You just got to change your diet, you know, and get. Get busy because once you start looking good, you beat out over 20%, uh, over 80% of the population. You're in the top 20% just by not being ugly. Most people are fucking overweight and obese, like like unhealthy overweight. Absolutely. If you can just not be fat and disgusting, you will have a competitive advantage, whether that's getting jobs. And people can get mad at this, but it's like we are shallow. We are attracted to attractive things. It's, well, it's just, just it's it's electricity too, man. Like if you're, if you've got all this extra padding and armoring and also your, your energy is completely out of whack. Like, I mean, you brought up these <laughs> jerking off to like the, the <laughs> news drop of like the Q drops or whatever. Oh, look at the symbols, the fucking oh symbols. God. Oh my God. By their symbols, you will know them. These or symbols will be there like, talking about human trafficking and how like the white hats are busting the human trafficking rings while they're probably watching porn on the internet. That's free because it was with people that were literally trafficked. Right. So quit porn oh. immediately. Yeah. Quit wasting your sexual energy. Retain your masculinity through that. That's going to be a huge. You'd have no idea what that'll do for you until you try it. But if that seems hard, then you need to look at the boundaries that you've got between you and the toxic uh, feminine energy in your life. And so I want to just like make a caveat: feminine energy isn't toxic in and of itself. Just like masculine well, energy can be. Yeah, exactly. It's the earth. It's it's receptivity. It's bountiful and plentiful. But you got to have the masculine energy to get out there and make something of that earth to do something with that earth. And so there is nothing better than a good woman who makes you wake up every day and you're like, 
damn, I want to be a better man because I love this woman so much. It's so fucking off. Like that. We're not talking about fucking authentic femininity. If you're, if you're always like focused on the trashy, toxic version of that, especially through the screens, especially through pornography, you will draw to yourself the exact match of what it is that you're constantly focused on. I know that sounds like law of attraction, but what it is is that you you literally will be putting off a beta pheromone. Like it just is what it is. You need to do something about it. And anyway, uh, like Dylan said, this is all for like personal experience shit. I know. So I want to maybe. Do you guys cool with like maybe pivoting? I feel like we have we've hit a good point yeah. on this. No, dude, pivoting I, back into some. Uh, I was going to ask you if you wanted to maybe take it on a path of, of wherever you see fit, man. Well. There's a lot of questions. I want to ask Dylan some questions. Can I do that? Dude, <laughs> I know it's honestly, not my show. <laughs> once I knew you guys were both coming on, I was like, I kind of just want to listen. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'll chime in. You guys, what happened, what really happened was Pat was totally jealous of our bromance chance. <laughs> what is on that motherfucker? Dude, everybody's jealous of I was literally, romance. while you guys are talking, I'm like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are like, yeah, what a fucking tool. I'm like, yeah, what a fucking tool. <laughs> Yeah, no, whatever uh, you no, want. Like, I, I like I said, man, I, personal, I'll, I'll set boundaries. If somebody asks you something too personal, I'll just be like, yeah, I'm, that's not for the internet. No, dude, I like you in private. Dude, I was just saying, I, I like don't fucking care, little, man. I like I I'm like pretty much book. an open book because I feel like dude. I have such a unique experience that other guys, I know I know what it's like to walk in all shoes. I've been the loser. I've been the fucking hero. I've been you know I've been the guy that can get any girl he wants. I can also I've also been the guy that girls won't look twice. At, you know and so it's well i know where you're at if you're watching the audience do not give up man you can fucking six to eight months you can change everything just change your mindset and say fuck it i'm gonna fucking improve myself and work on myself and not chase women i gotta make myself better because that's what's important i gotta that's work I mean on myself about boundaries yeah. don't yeah. chase women and don't try to fix women Especially don't, don't, don't be mad. It's not nothing's, you know, women are as much of a victim of this programming as men are. And that's the problem. It's the they're social, more targeted it's just, by this shit. Yeah. Yes, they are. Because why? Women, for some reason, are better at like falling in line. They're better at they're, they're That's better just what yin school. is. The yin is receptivity. Yeah. And so that's it. And the women, guys, do everything for women. So if you can control the women, and get them on a certain type of frequency that makes them expect certain things from guys. Well, then guys, in order to get the women, will be like, shit, I got to do this. I got to make a million dollars. I got to fucking, right. I got to fucking sell my soul. I got to fucking take out all this debt. I got to do, and like all of a sudden guys are literally doing all this crazy shit that doesn't benefit them just to try to get women only to find out that women don't work the way that this society has been t- telling them that works. And a lot of times women don't even know that they, that they, they don't like when guys become uh, more feminine to cater to them and try to relate to them. You know, it's a subconscious stuff yeah, that we're. They think they want like a nice guy, and they don't realize that that means soft, <laughs> weak, yeah, foolish. And then you trivial. become that guy, and that woman is already off to some good-looking Chad like us. And you know what? Not my fault. Don't be a Not nice our guy. Fault. I yeah. don't mean don't be kind. I just want to replace the word nice with like you can be kind, you can be generous. Like that's a. Those right. are masculine traits to have to be so wealthy yeah. and badass that Chivalrous. you can just be like, you know, give. That's yeah, good. Hold, the yeah, masculine like the is the giving you know, side. The things they said, like holding a door open, you know, complimenting your woman and, you know, someone that you care much about and being like, you know, you look beautiful today. Like 
that's a being a, in my opinion, being a man of just like telling my, my fiance being like, you know, I, you know, I love you. Like, I want you to know, like you were beautiful today. I don't feel it. Well, I, I, it's, I swear I feel like I do love you more than like for me, like letting her kind of know that like, Hey, I'm I, at least for me going, I'm here for you, but like not it being like, you know, like, what do we need to talk about? It's just going like, look, I know you're going through some shit or whatever your mindset is. Just know we'll take care of it. I will take care of it. I do love you. You know, like things like that, like at least I have my experiences, instead of being like, oh my God, like what's wrong? At least just being like, I'm here for you. I love you. We'll, we'll take care of this. Like, and then maybe that's not- And then go crush. Like, and then just go crush. Well, that's what I'm know? saying. I mean, maybe that's not exactly how you guys see it, but like for, for at least my experiences of just letting them know, like, and maybe this is part of the, the feminine side, but it's just going like, hey, I love you. Awake women will like, tell you that they don't want you to try to fix their problems when they tell you the problems anyway. I just want you to listen and not get emotional. Like let them yeah. unload their baggage and just yeah. Like, okay. yeah. And then the man, but the, we've been programmed like when we hear all that unloaded on us, we're like, oh, well, I'll do this and I'll fix that. Right. And exactly. No, don't go there. You don't right. need no, to go no, there. I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing that. It's just literally just listening. I know, I know. You're, you're on it, bro. So, all right, all right. I want to anyway, pivot though. Take us where you want to roll with it. Dylan, we have a, a famous conversation about the four royal stars. You know, this is what people reference when they bring you up to me a lot. And I came across uh, the realization that these four fixed signs of the zodiac, the royal stars are no longer in there. And I wanted to know what you thought about that. Over the, as in, well, this is, this gets into some cosmology stuff, maybe potentially, uh, whether or not you want to go that route, but there are stars that are, that appear to not move. And then there are stars that parallax. Well, hold on a second. Which stars appear to not move? Uh, well, at the same rate, they're not moving at the same rate, I guess is what I mean by that. They are all, there's all this, they're all moving over time. Like the sidereal astrologers will tell you, but the four Royal stars have apparently been parallaxing faster and uh, I've moved into their to neighboring signs into mutable signs. Have you heard about this? So, are you saying that like Aldebaran is no longer part of Taurus, the constellation? It seems like it's moved. This is what people are saying. In uh, I, I don't have a telescope to look, but this is what researchers that I've been looking at are saying. And that in 2012, are they the are they showing you pictures of Aldebaran in an, in like a neighboring in like Gemini or in Aries instead of in Taurus. They're saying that it's moved into to Gemini. The house, know. the house that Gemini would have or the actual constellation of Gemini. Well, I think the actual constellation. I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on this or is that I, not happening? I'm not going to comment unless you can show me a picture of Aldebaran in the constellation Gemini, like actually part of that constellation. Okay, I'll table that for now. We might talk about yeah. that another time yeah, and we can look at images. Um, yeah. So if we want to take and maybe talking um, about the, the cosmology and kind of bringing it back to uh, the people as well and uh, the power within all of us, um, the, the deceptions. I, there was one thing I wanted to bring up to you based off reading your books um, and you guys can both chime in. So one thing you continually talk about is, uh, you know, John, Janos uh, in January, um, for those who don't know, and how they're saying based off of their, their thing, that's the new year, right? It's after, you know, December, the sun goes to die, well, resurrected. Um, it is though, if you think about it, because that is the point where the sun is at its lowest. Right. But every culture has its own starting point. Like the Egyptians went the exact opposite. And so it was in the 
scarab, cancer, because that's where the summer solstice is. Right. But there's something that happens that's really remarkable at those solstices where it, for whatever reason, I guess if you're looking at it from like a flat earth cosmology, so just imagine it going around like here we are, Tropic of Cancer. I'm going to do it slow. So you see this is where I'm at. Tropic of Cancer. Going a little bit further. Oh, now we're at the equator. Oh, now we're at the Tropic of Capricorn. When it's at that apex, if you will, the solstice, it stays there for three days before it starts to come back. Moving every day back towards the Tropic of Cancer. Right. And so those are good starting points because of that. Um, but ultimately... That's just what civilization decides is like the start of the years, whereas the calendar of Romulus started it at the vernal equinox. Okay. You know, because that's when actually things started to come to life. And that would be considered like March 25th, if you will. That's the resurrection. You know, the sun is now coming out of the dead, winter. Now it has Passover, Pashalis, Latin, Passover. It's passed over, just like the word Hebrew means, past those who have passed over the degrees of initiation degrees these mystery schools that's the symbolism so it doesn't matter where you start the year they just choose those right points based on what happens you know really what matters in the grand scheme of the right. year is what the sun's activity because that affects all the life right well this is the reason why i wanted to just time okay. is because of as i said with uh, with my job there's a lot of watching people and observing and processing. And one of the things that any trainer, even anyone who goes to the gym, what do we see during uh, the new year? Everyone has a resolution, right? What am I gonna do? What do I wanna see differently? So this is my experience from the gym. In the 10 plus years of training, January 1st, right around the new year, everybody's in the gym. It's packed. Four or five weeks later, it's dead. A lot of these people are gone. And we know this. Trainers will be like, oh man, no, you know, it's like, oh, everyone will get a rush and then it'll be gone in a couple of weeks. And that it by clockwork would happen. And then what happened? Just like you said, March 25th, end of March, right around spring break, Easter, we would see a huge influx again. And it for me, people are like, oh, that's just how it is. And I go, but that's that makes no sense because so many people who are not not connected aren't showing up. So what the fuck is it? And for me, this is before I was deep dive rabbit holes, is going. Is there something energetically that we're being totally off kiltered with in regards to our energetic field? Like you said, the vernal equinox being around. What it, hold on though. If so in your, if you, if the answer is no to this question, I want you to start paying attention. Do you notice that like people who start working out maybe towards like the equinox, the vernal equinox will actually sustain better because that's the time of the year where things are in their favor. That's, that's is that what, what you're I'm saying. Talking. That's what I would notice is that most people who start in January, it was almost like, like a like a gotcha. A bad. Oh. Where, where people would come in and they wouldn't sustain, but the people who would come in March and some of them would come back from starting in January, you would see a huge influx of just brand new people in March. But also some people would come back and be like, all right, I'm ready to get back on the horse, and they would sustain longer. And how do I know this? Well, I'd see it in my fucking my calendar. How, much, how many sessions I was doing and who was coming back, who was new, who was staying, how long they would stay. And I would, I would see it right in my calendar. So I, I was ex experiencing and observing this firsthand. And that for me made me really go, as I was reading your books and looking more into this cosmology and looking into the bigger, uh, the bigger picture was going, 
that's what it was. There's something there. I can't speak specifically to it, but it was going, there's knowing that we, we, we drive off the energy of the sun, this, this realm that we're in. It's like, is there a deception that was being put on people where it was like, cause here's the thing the people who would start, it was going, I fell off the wagon. I can't do this. I'm not cut out for this. It was giving people the marketing, you know, new year, new you, this and that. So what did people do? They were going in hard as fuck and they didn't have the mental capacity to go in hard. So they'd want to do five times a week, six times a week, and they burn out because they would go the physical and going, I'm not used to this. As I said, I started at three times a week. That's all I could do when getting back into it. Now I do it five, but. And again, you would tell people start out slow, but you know, a lot of trainers as well want their business. So if someone's coming in saying, Hey, I'll do five times a week. Of course you're going to be like, why am I going to say no for a lot of people? And it just started making me think about when you talked about, you know, in your books, like channels and talking about a lot of the spellcraft, even though you said it depends on the culture or the religion, you know, the religion, like how they. Well, regardless, you can look at it. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It's all based on astrology. And if you know that astro logos, Right. You know what time of the year to do things. Exactly. And this is the stuff that I don't really talk about too much because potential for abuse is like it's yeah. the no end. And a lot of people ask me to tell them certain things that I know. And I'm just like, no, because yeah. I'm not going to be responsible for your degeneracy. And But if you look at this is the power. This is why Flat Earth was so important, right? And for those who this is new – uh, maybe never come across a subject if you're just coming on this on YouTube. Uh, if you know how sextants work, you can't do those on a curved surface because you need an angle. Like when you do triangulation, you need angles that cannot be derived on curved surfaces. That's not a triangle. Right. Sorry. And not only that, it requires like thousands to millions of square miles. When you look at how these people are triangulating their positions, stars and sextants that being said aside from sextants being proving flat earth proving not maybe something else whatever we're on is a plane not literally flat there's mountains there's valleys there's miles deep oceans there's miles high mountains i'm not talking about literalist bullshit i'm just saying for all intents and purposes level plane when you figure out that these stars, I mean, I've read books, really old fucking books, and these positions of the stars have not changed, other than the retrograde motion of that. They used to call this the eighth sphere. So if you look at like medieval astrology or go back like to the first few centuries AD in like the Arabic world, what you'll see is the eighth sphere. And I'm, I got this wrong on Crow. I think I said like a couple, like eight centuries or whatever, but what, it's not. It's like six, they, they believed that what happened was the procession was a, a, a swing for things adjusting for like 620 years or something like that, 640 years, one of the two. And then would go back like a pendulum. And it wasn't until we're getting closer to like the more new age stuff post Renaissance where they started, they had the technology to measure it more accurately. And they're looking at like where it was in the past. They're like, well, we're way fucking beyond 600 years now. From when this book was written this shit is never stopping it's a complete cycle and based on that degree of 72 uh years everything procession process proceeding the procession being one degree every 72 years that would take 
20, almost 26,000 years if it went around the whole zodiac. They still don't know. They can't prove it because nobody lives long enough and nobody's taken accurate information and actual photographic evidence. So this, if this type of subject matter is interesting to you as a viewer, you should be using your telescopes, documenting this with photographic images now so that people a thousand years from now can revisit this and say, look, this is where it was. This is where it is now. We figured it out. Right. But until then, it's all just speculation. But anyways, to go back to this, the stars have not changed relatively at all in thousands of years other than the procession. Right. And people say, oh, well, we can see on this cape scribbled Vega used to be the pole star. I'm calling bullshit. I don't care what somebody wrote on a fucking cave. I don't care what you're, you know what I mean? Like how many names have there been from the sun? Right. You got people literally talking about like other planets that we see in our solar system being old suns, not realizing that no, they are just old fucking names of the sun now being ascribed to planets. Right. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Chrono, Saturn. I can do it in multiple languages. They are all old names for the sun. Even Isis was a name for the sun before it was ascribed to the moon, right? That's why you have this. When you look at like the Zodiac, Crow said it best. He said, for lack of better words, he said, if you just look at the sun as a different actor playing different roles in different parts of the year, in the springtime, it's going to be a feminine deity like Isis, like Venus, Vernal, Venery, that's the hunt. Then in Libra and end of summer, it's going to be more of a Virgo, a feminine. That's when the fruit of the womb is bountiful, right? But the rest of the year, it's masculine because you're dealing with either uh, the wrath of God in the summertime or the death of fucking Hades in the wintertime, you know, where everything dies. And that is where the Trinity comes from because the early right back, people, guys. Got to let a yeah, dog dude, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah no worries. The early people used to look at the sun as a like a dual entity, a creator and a destroyer, summer, winter. That then evolved to, well, actually, it's also a preserver because that create creation and destruction is part of the cycle that preserves everything. It needs to happen. Right. So this is where you get these, the Kramuti, which in India is three gods, one form. Yep. That's what led to the Greek hypostasy, which then the early fathers of the Christian church were all initiates in all the mystery schools of the fucking Hellenic world, right? Eleni, who we call Helen, Hellenic, right? Hellenic, Eleni. They were all mystery students of those mystery schools, and then they created Christianity. And they don't, and what's been done with Christianity is so disingenuous by the church. But what, that's where the Trinity comes from. The Greek hypostases, uh, which are hypostasis, right? That word literally means understanding or subsistence. Mm. And that comes from the Orient, the Trimurti, the three wow. gods, in one form. And you can see this in every culture. And why? Because in the old years, the way these the, the year was divided up. It was divided into three parts. Autumn was not its own season. Autumn was considered part of summer. So right. you had spring, summer, 
and autumn is one season and then winter is the other right so that's why you have noah and his three sons that's why you have it you can go into it if people want to go deep into this read my books but sure that's where all this shit comes from it's all an allegory for nature buddha's the son jesus is the son if you look at his root name i mean this is something that should have like sent shock waves through the modern world but going back to what you said you can tell people the truth and they're not smart enough or aware enough to understand it the old name of Jesus, the root of Jesus is the old monogram of Bacchus, the sun, which would be in Greek, Iota Eta Sigma, which is I-H-S, but keeping in mind that H and E in Greek is interchangeable, which would be I-E-S. The root I-E, yod Hey, Greek uh, in Hebrew, yod Hey vav Hey, that's Yova, that's Jehovah, who you call Jehovah, that's how you could transliterate it, because the Yod could be a Y or an I. It could the a, a, a could be a, the hey could be an e or an h, the vav could be a w v or u, the second hey obviously an e or an h right so you have y h, the uh, w h Yahweh that's all mispronounced every culture has their own way of saying it but it's yova, and it is if you transliterate it the way it's supposed to be it's i e u e Jew. That's where Jew comes from, that root I-E, which in Latin is I-O, Yo, Yosef, Josef, Joseph, Joe, the sun increasing. What is one of Jupiter's moons? Io, Io, Yo, Joe. That's what that, going back to what I was saying, the first word for the sun was the O, right? The one. Mm-hmm. And you have the, to differentiate, they created the hash mark. So you have the, look like i guess this way i'm trying to do it for your audience that becomes the a yeah right so that iota eta or that yod hey in hebrew becomes what people will sometimes write as j a h keep in mind because you're looking at a i h this would be i e or i h or y h yeah and hebrew doesn't do the vowels so you have to know what how to say words and differentiate because that old language worked that certain way where you need to know what it means as a cultural norm. The, the letters are just symbols. And so when you look at this, going back to Bacos, I'm saying this on Crow and it should have caused shockwaves throughout the world. And it doesn't because people can't access it. And this is why they have the mystery schools to begin with. Totally. I just showed you Jesus, the son, Bacos. Problem with it in Greek is it also ends in a Latin termination, U.S. Right. Can you talk about this in your book? So they translated it in Greek. They wrote it in Latin, translated it in Greek, transliterated it in Greek to make it appear older than it was. Well, the same thing can be said about the word Christian. I'm not going to – I'm going to expose this in my – it's in my book four, so I'm not going to say it, but it's got the same problem as Bacchus, a a Greek word. The word that was allegedly created by Greeks that has a Latin termination. Hmm. Funny how that works, huh? And then if you look at IHS or IES, whatever that comes from, the older one, older monogram that came from would be YES or Upsilon Eta Sigma on the temple with the serpent to the sun. That is Bacchus, right? That YHS is significant because in that position, it acts as, or iota, eta, sigma, uh, sorry, upsilon, eta, sigma. It acts as an H-U. So what you end up having is H-U-E-S, hues, color, human. 
Well, why is that significant? Because HU, that Y-E-H-S or Y-E-S, that's why we say yes in affirmation. Yes, sir. Sir, go look this up. Shin, resh, resh in Hebrew, right? S-R-R, that's Lord. Sir, that's the capital Phoenicia, T-Y-R. In that, it's pronounced sir, right? Or in uh, Hebrew, that letter um, is pronounced, uh, it's spelled T-S-U-R, right? Yep. Sir, Lord, but it means rock, literally, because yep. the Lord is the rock. Peter, Petra, the rock, petrified, get it? Pater, the father, the rock, the Lord of the household, the fathers, the pateres, the priests of Apollo. You see where I'm going with this? So going back to, this is important for Bacchus, and I'm just going to wrap it up because I know this is so complex. It's all going to be my fourth book. It's in my previous book, but it's going to go really deep in my fourth book. Upsilon, Eta Sigma, H-U-E-S. Well, if you look up the Greek word, eudor, H-U-D-O-R. Well, guess what? That Upsilon acts like a U in addition to a Y. They're interchangeable. So that then becomes high door. Now, if you just switch up the O and the R, you get hydro, hydroplaning, hydroponics, hydropsy. These all hydra, you all get words named after water. And that's why if you look up Bach in German, B-A-C-H, you will get a stream, a rivulet, right. water, because these gods are named after water because water gives life. So it's named after life, which is given to us by the sun. So life is named after the sun, which is mediator between us and our creator, whatever our creator is. And so the sun is named after God. And so that's how all the names of all these gods are structured. And you can prove it in multiple different languages. But in order to figure this stuff out, you need to know philology. But it's not just philology and etymology. You need, by understanding which letters and shit interchange in different languages matter because these priests are masters of this shit. Right. That's how they create these systems. They know the languages. They speak a bunch of different things. They know how they can disguise something in another language, knowing that the masses won't understand it. Yeah. And they can repackage and rebrand any lie they want. Now it's my turn to take a break. You guys hit it up and I'm, I'll, uh, I can't wait to watch the replay because I'm going to see what you guys said, but I got to go take a piss. Um, Chance, you want to jump in? Yeah, I do, but I also kind of want Dylan to to hear what I gotta say. <laughs> I also have to take a piss. Long, <laughs> I already long. did though. I already did. Oh, I was gonna say you need to go take. No, I'm good. I'm good. This is uh, I I love seeing him get into the flow on this. And before he comes back, I'll just respond to it a little bit. There's, you know, there's another way to look at this, and this is not to negate his uh, breakdown at all. I'm just looking at it. From multiple possibilities uh, because there is this amazing consistency in all these different parts of the world and he would suggest or he already did suggest that maybe this is the remnants of something global or worldwide but another way to look at it is that this is holographic in the sense that the information that is condensing into language and condensing into traditions maybe comes from a spiritual plane and not to make this all mystical and stuff, but just that we have this observable wave particle duality that at least we're told about, <laughs> you know, I guess I haven't done the two slit experiment, but this is a, 
a commonly known thing that when observed, the wave then becomes a particle. And this is like the, this is like the polarity of yin and yang or the, you know, positive negative, these things. Let's see, whenever you have something that exists spiritually and it does not have a, a physical body for it, then it's like a big infinite potential and it could come through in a whole bunch of different ways until the idea is harnessed and put in to words or embodied. So my point is that there could be a transcendent function to this information, like the idea of pi, you know, transcendent numbers, 3.14 and repeating. And that at some point by studying nature, we tap into this transcendent information that is part of the, the fractal of reality of life. So just to recap, Dylan, I was just pointing out that there could be an aspect to the information to maybe summarize because I didn't I kind of stumbled through it. But there could be an aspect to what you are explaining here that demonstrates a, a holographic nature to the information encoded in reality that the re maybe it, this is just an idea. Maybe the reason why these things are coming through in all parts of the world in a similar structure is because there's a like pi, like the like the transcendental numbers themselves. There's a alchemical or archetypal transcendental function to these concepts, or even to language itself. Like how you know where did language first even come from with humanity? This is like considering the question of the procession. It goes so far back, nobody can really observe what the origin was in the first place, and the obscure origins is a very interesting symbolic thing. It's like, we don't know our creator. We don't know our source. Just like our calendar system start us in the dark part of the year instead of at the vernal equinox or our days are marked to begin at midnight. Well, when's midnight? It's kind of hard to tell when you're outside in the middle of the dark. Oh, you don't have a, there's no moon dial to know when midnight is, right? You know when the sun rises and that's, <laughs> right? That's Sand, the beginning. Uh... What is they that? called the, the hourglass with the sand? Yeah, yeah I guess you can figure that out. Yeah, I guess so. But that's not in nature, right? Like there's no hourglass yeah. out in nature. You'd have to build that. And that's used. I mean, you, we have tools like that. But my point is just that we we're surrounded with systems and information that have murky and obscured origins, all the way from our calendar system to where our food comes from. Most people don't even have a clue what the source of what it is they're taking in yep. informationally, <laughs> nutritionally across the board. So it's all man-made. So that, so that's like where I, like if people would understand why I do what I do is to show you that it's all man-made and you're getting caught up in all man-made conceptual things, yet you're using them to justify your behavior of being immoral or causing war or whatever else and you're teaching it to your kids and you don't even know what it is and you're having your children read a fucking bible that has obviously been corrupted by modern jews to hide the fact and christians but modern jews specifically because they're the ones that are translating it from an alleged document called the septuagint or the uh, vice versa whatever but that's septuagint is not an original document and they're saying it might be a copy of the Septuagint that Philo mentioned and that the evangelist mentioned. Well, what's the problem with that? When the evangelists are royal fucking stars and not real literal people, 
That's the fucking problem. Right. It's like saying, well, this document was written by, it's a copy of what Captain Kirk wrote on the Enterprise, motherfucker. <laughs> it's exactly like that. And that's what they're doing. Like, and this says this is my land. It's mine. And you're dealing with a demonic fucking infestation of retardation. That's what it is. Let's call it what it is. It's fucking people who are too ignorant and too unlearned to know what they're even looking at, reading things, translating things, and getting involved in going back to what I said in the original setup, a fictitious construct. They're going into Narnia. They're going into Middle Earth. They're going into fucking deep space. They're going into a place that's not real to argue about what's real within that construct. It's kind and of like how man fucking modern, made modern it's not physicists, God. What modern physicists will tell you about the things that they think they know all came from them running computer simulation models. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this comes into a, an important topic, kind of what we were chiming about uh, last time, Chance, about your own electric field, your own body. We've talked about it here, taking care of your body. And that for me, one of the big senses, they talk about the five senses, right? You know, your taste, smell, uh, touch, uh, sight. Uh, and uh, missing one here, but there's that sixth one that they don't talk about is intuition, your gut. And I think being, as you were just saying and mentioning just at this moment, Chance, about we don't even know what's in our own food. We don't even know what we're putting in our own body and understanding what type of effects it's having on our intuition, right? As you said, all the shit out in the world, 99.9% .9 of us, well, a lot of people don't want to even go into it because once they start getting things mixed up, they go, oh my gosh, dude, I don't know what's real, right? That's what we're experiencing in the news now. We, people are experiencing when they go in rabbit holes, they don't know what the fuck to believe. So it's going, okay, well, you need to go back to your intuition. What is what is true? As this crow says, like, you, there's no lie in nature. You be in nature. You're a part of that nature. But what is, you have to be true to yourself. It's that intuition. And I feel that that's something, talking about electric fields, that we can even maybe dive into and how cool I'll get that. into that. Intuition's hijacked too, though. Like, if we want to demystify intuition, from my opinion anyway, yeah. it's like paying, a radical paying of attention so that you have actually seen what's really there and then the correct idea will pop into your mind based on legitimate observation so a lot of people's intuition these days is like dylan said it's like it's they live in narnia so they're gonna have the idea of like oh this is just like that thing in, in narnia you no, know? it feels right chance chance i feel this this is sure. all like yeah it's but, it's it, um, intuition yes is true you're right but in the aggregate it leads to emotionalism and if you want to know what the new world right. order religion of one right. is it's fucking emotionalism totally. it's feminine oh my god this feels right and you know what when it doesn't feel right anymore i'll change my mind because i control everything then i decide what's right for me based on my whims but well, intuition is real, though. I want to defend it as well. It is. Like, it well, is. Let me, let me it is. It. But it leads to emotionalism, and there needs to be. You need to harness it with right. well, rationale. There's, there's some. There's some to... mystery to it too. Like this morning, I I did, I do like a group uh, divination thing on on live streams in the morning sometimes, and this is partially to help people just see what a flow state looks like, to teach them about I Ching, to teach them about tarot symbolism and all that, but. Like, why is it that I could, I can feel that I'm going to draw the ace of wands and then out of 72 cards, I draw the ace of wands. And that happens like a lot. I call it the hot hands. Like I get the hot hand and I know what's going to happen. So there's something there. And I, to, to get to what Pat was trying to talk about, cause you brought up demon infestation, Dylan, I want to demystify <laughs> that as well. Not that there might not be like actual 
entities out there in the ether that are a different form of life that can influence us. Like that's beyond my pay grade to be able to tell you. However, in an electrical sense, an electric universe has been a really useful thing for me. And that even can tie into talking about like, well, maybe there was a point where Saturn was the sun and that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> or the sun of, yeah, a, but of if, it, if it were, you would have no evidence of that because it would, it, right. you would have to have accounts. Can't go back, can't can't go go back, back that far. Sure. There's, but there's no, there's no evidence existing for anybody to even postulate that. And that is a idea that's coming from somebody trying to reconcile why the Saps, everything related to the word Saturn is encoding the sun. Well, including the roots of Tor, which pertains to sewing, you know I'll, what I mean? So, yeah, I'll, and I'll get to that too, not to defend it, just to, to ponder it. And anyway, so in an electrical sense, your body having damage, having actual toxin buildup, having injury, things that block the intercommunication, intercommunication of all parts of yourself to other parts of yourself. This is where like, cause I actually do sound healing work in people's aura, if you will, in influencing their electrical field using tuning forks. And uh, I can intuit things in that process about their life and get it right with having no way that I should ever know that. I've never even met the person before. And it's not like sometimes it works. It's like, it always works. And there's an anatomy to our electricity in that sense. And so where there is these uh, sort of vortexing blockages of your electrical field where life force energy is bound up and constrained and constricted in, um, in a blockage that becomes a type of demonic consciousness in and of itself, because it's, it's your life force energy, but it's separated from its source, which is you and the yeah. whole. And so this is like a little, oh, you know what chance people don't realize when you and I say things like demon, we gotta, we gotta clarify that. Cause we're so used to, when I say demon, I'm not like talking about like some like mythological, like winged creature. I'm, like, <laughs> D, like D is in negated, like deconstruct from manos, one. That's Greek, manos. Right. So yeah, demon a saying a is, divided is man. separated from one or you've cut yourself off from God. Doesn't mean you have wings and you're like this bat-like gargoyle or whatever. No, I'm talking exactly. about demonic infestation. Like, yeah, no, good call. because. I always like for me, like I forget that this is going to be shown to people. So right now I'm just having a conversation <laughs> with my boys probably said way too much shit. I shouldn't say like, you know, cause well, whatever. that's why you got me oh. here to just clarify yeah. that when we're talking about, yeah. demons, we're talking about people that are so cut up and literally cutting themselves off from God through their own selfishness and greed and trying to gain a tactical advantage for me, 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 like real Satanism, not yeah, but that also Satanism. comes from all the damage they took from this fucked up culture. Yep. So like, yeah. I'm not saying that it excuses someone's free will choices, but when we take damage, when you think about how, like if you have an injury and you have tension that is stuck in that injury, like permanently until you do some kind of body work to release it. Well, what holds that tension in that place? Why is your, why are you stuck like this? It's electricity in your, in your field that like, it's your consciousness holding a pattern and it's so, it's so stuck and set in that you don't even realize that you're holding yourself there. It's like, you can't relax that. And so that, that energy that's holding a pattern in a, in a distorted shape that is demonic in a sense. And it's weakening you because it's taking away from your total level of attention and awareness that you can pay to yourself or the outside world, because a sliver of your attention is actually being spent on holding yourself in some weird distorted pattern. So 
that hold that on just to, just to just to physically through firsthand experience back up what you're saying about this electrical body and all that stuff i personally had one of the most rare cases of peripheral peripheral neuropathy that the chiropractor that i went to is like amazing he's a doctor he's an amazing chiropractor the rarest case he's the ever doctor seen doctor you should life. trust is a chiropractor <laughs> Right. And, you know, it's because I've spent I, I don't know what it is because I can't afford to get the scans. I don't have health insurance, but it's probably from years of fucking hunchback writing, betatization, not lifting weights, not being in proper posture. And right. something has happened that cut my nerves off and it started off like a little dime shaped thing on the bottom of my left heel of like numbness. And over the course of a day, it spread over my foot. Then like the next day, it went up to my left knee. I'm telling you, I could walk in hot water and wouldn't know it. I could walk on a cold floor, couldn't feel anything in my left foot. Now I could feel pain. I just, it just, everything was cut off. That then spread up through my body, like a perfect electrical grid, cutting everything in half, including my dick and balls in terms of nerves. You want to talk about electrical grid in your body. And then everything from there off, my skin was, I couldn't feel like hot and cold. I couldn't feel sensations. It was like having pins and needles without like the, uh, it was like having just numb, but without the pins and needles. And then from, uh, then what happened is I lost stability in my right side. And there was a time where I like couldn't even turn my phone on or off with one hand because my hand was so I couldn't hold a cup of coffee on a saucer. It was like I couldn't write. This is in 2017. I was fucked up and it was like the scariest thing that's ever happened. But going back to that electrical thing, you can see how it was like a perfect grid that separated my body and divided everything perfectly. And chiropractor alleviated it. I still have it a little bit here and I still have like stability. I just can't afford to go to the chiropractor as much as I should anymore. So it's like, I got to sacrifice. But while that shit is happening and you're losing function of your body, my mind doesn't change. My soul doesn't change. I'm just looking at my vessel deteriorating. And that may, yeah, that that may be. very electrical, it's wow. very connected like that. And you can see that your brain, your cerebral spinal fluid, your your Spine is like a highway for your nerves and it's called peripheral neuropathy because it's on the outside. It's not in the central nervous system. It's in the outside nervous system going to your limbs. Anyways, just to back that up, nice. I'm all about it. To, to go even further, like into what might seem woo though, is that in my experience helping people with stuff, the, um, there is no injury or integrity issue with the body or the electric field that doesn't have a component in the psyche or in the emotional body. So like, that's why there's an anatomy to it. And depending on where it's manifesting, I can, I could explain to someone like, well, these are the emotions you struggle with. And this was, you had this type of relationship with your father and it had the worst impact on your life at this age. And like, you can get that stuff correct with the understanding of the anatomy of the electrical field and like even stuff that's off some of your, some of your issues will actually be off balance, even completely out of your body. Cause we all have like a six foot bubble space on average around our body. So anyway, I actually would recommend Dylan that you get a weighted tuning fork like this one. 
I have them. Okay, so yeah, use those kind of regularly. That can help not make like things not get worse. I had a similar issue with my left shoulder where it was numb and also I couldn't raise it higher than here and uh, nothing was helping and it was almost a year of this problem and getting one of these I was able to sort it out and it didn't even take that long. I can't make promises for other people, but I mean, this is one way to approach it is because vibrational vibrational therapy like this is electricity, a vibration. Yeah, I put that on, uh, I do it like on my third eye, I do it on my sternum, I do it on my elbows. My, I mean, I put it everywhere. Yeah, it's the I, shit. Yeah. Uh, well, I got it. I got it because of Crow because you had that lady on his same so. And that's yeah. where I learned about it was from, I think I'd heard her before, but when Crow had her on a couple years ago, I started d diving into her work and yeah, she's a big pioneer on. on it. Eileen. Yeah, yeah she's a huge, huge pioneer of this stuff. And uh, I put her, I put her biofield anatomy to the test without even taking her courses or anything, just based on the information in her book. And it checks out at least so far and like I'm doing this with people uh, on the regular. But what I wanted to say too about why this is interesting to me is because I think life has this, you know, fractal fractality to it so that our bodies and our electrical fields are similar to what you would see in other forms of life and even possibly in the larger cosmos. If we look at, you know, obviously, you, as you're saying, once you realize that you can't have an atmosphere next to a vacuum without some kind of container. Even even atmosphere begs the question that what we're seeing is a sphere. And it might yeah, not that be. word. Yeah. Go back to what you're saying about the Royal stars. You could be looking at layers like, like a layer cake. And so certain, certain lights are in one thing going around the next are in another thing going around, you know, and so on and so yeah. forth. So we don't know. That's why you don't want to beg the question. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then, you know, we don't live long enough to know if there's a huge difference at the rate that things do procession either. Right. You know, we need like, we need bigger data, but so I had this conversation with Benjamin Botherson. He's really, really into the electric universe and looking at the sun and moon as a anode cathode galvanic system. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was mind blowing that we, we realized is I was explaining to him that there's, there's cosmologies that would say it, that there's a, rings you know in the south pole isn't the south pole or antarctica isn't a continent it's an ice wall and then beyond that there's a a larger amount of landmass beyond that and so when we're talking about the the planets or the luminaries as something other than a place where you could go land on it would to me make interesting it would be interesting and would make sense on the fractal level you know since those planets are associated with certain metals that they could be an anode cathode too, which would mean potentially a sun and moon of a further out system, but they're closer than what we're told. And, um, you know, this, this conversation requires maybe more, more explaining. And I plan to present this information as a, you know, possibility just to, to ponder with Benjamin on his Odin's alchemy show pretty soon. But what I'm getting at here that was so interesting with Ben is that when I told him that maybe we could think about, Mars and Venus as a sun and moon of another land, an extra Terra, extraterrestrial land, uh, that that's what they're talking about when they say they're going to Mars, that kind of thing. You know, Venus even does the, the whole moon phases thing. If you observe it, it makes a crescent, it phases. 
and he has this Browns gas machine, Aquacure, I think it's called. Yeah. I was the one who got him hooked up with uh, George Wiseman. No shit. Okay, so he he was uh, showing me this thing, and it has these metal plates in I it. I have too. And he said, so confirm this for me. It creates like uh, a, some kind of gunk when you use yeah, it. So it's, it's the gunk that it's essentially when the plates are going the, together and creating, you know, the Browns gas. So um, this the process that is happening is electrolysis. Yeah. And uh, Ben was saying that he thinks Ragnarok, the concept of Ragnarok, is actually describing electrolysis, where if this, you know, if this container that we're in, alchemical container that is our realm, is a battery of sorts, a galvanic cell, which would be which would make sense in a fractal level because like it would be a cell in the body of God, so to speak, and it would just be you know infinite cells within cells within cells that whenever the charge gets low in the the system and like you could possibly look at the fact that the sun looks more white and not yellow like it used to as potential evidence for this and this is all speculative and i like to go go into speculative that uh when there's a hard charge put into the system metaphorically god plugs in his phone into the wall (laughs) you know recharge the recharge and the whole thing uh that what people have seen evidence for as a mud flood is actually the result of this matter that gets created during the electrolysis process. That's very mysterious. Like you, you can show it with your Brown's gas machine that when you use it, it generates this sludge and maybe the cell that we're in or the land that we're in even grows. Cause when you go back to, to there's even Zoroastrian scripture where they talk about the gods giving the human beings more land. Like they, they, they needed more land for their cattle and their fields and the gods did something and the land grew. And so this could, uh, this could be part of why we have stories of deluge. This could be why there appears to be evidence of mud flood that what we're on isn't just a dead landmass or, or whatever, just dead rocks and dirt that it is part of a living. We're on top of something larger. That's a living system. And that periodically maybe it also grows and that idea of a world tree or cosmic tree could be like these ring lands that people conjecture exist are like rings of a tree and it expands and maybe, um, maybe all that's possible. These are just things I like to think about once we go beyond, we live on a flying speck of speed. I think that's what's so powerful about the flat earth experiences. Once you know that, then the world becomes new again. You're like, Oh, there's there's stuff that I can discover about this because these people don't even know the majority of them. Somebody has to know because you have to know how to lie about it. Somebody has to know maybe not everything, but a great deal. Start looking for the egg and all the um, Mary, you know? Jesus, and John the Baptist paintings. Right. And for anybody Everywhere who's like listening John to this, the and about doing this, there's a fucking egg somewhere. <laughs> Think about this. When, if somebody's going to watch because I forget that we're not, not just three friends shooting the shit here. <laughs> yeah. People who see this, if, you know, what, whoever sees this, if this is like a concept that's new to you and you're getting triggered, I just want you to do this, answer this one question or demonstrate it. And if you can do that, I'll change everything. If you can't do that. It's time for you to shut the F up and start paying attention. And this is the question for you. How do you have gas pressure without a necessary antecedent of containment? And I will take it a step further. Is there any scientific evidence 
of gas pressure existing without the necessary antecedent of containment. If you can't solve that one question with scientific evidence, I want you to just please not comment on anything ever again for the rest of your life until you can solve that or until you have the humility to say, you know what, we breathe gas pressure and without a container and without scientific evidence of gas pressure existing without containment, that shouldn't be possible. That means there is a container. Right. What is it? Is it a physical barrier? Is it an energetic barrier? Is it a elemental barrier, like a different, you know, layer of something? I'm not here to tell you what the world is, but there are basic questions you can ask and not ever get a real answer to. And if you can't answer that, it's time for you to go sit in the corner and not contribute to the cacophony that's going on in this world where people are actually trying to figure out what's going on because we might not know, but we can tell we're being lied to. We're not doing this because we're assholes and we like to rock the boat. We're doing this because it helps everybody by trying to figure this shit out. We're not, it's not like we get off on being fucking flat earthers and all this other, there is no benefit. I did not want to go there. No, (laughs) I did not. There's no benefit. There There is no benefit. We're not saying we're flat earthers, but I'm a flat earther. In the sense that I went to Flattoberfest, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Flat Earth is provable now. I stayed on the fence for a long time. Show me the curvature. Somebody, until the sextant, until I learned how the sextants work and how our ancestors navigated using the stars and triangulation, it's impossible on a curved surface. You need a flat plane to drive the angle. So if you can't answer that question, just go back. If you if there's any clear like you're not sure what I just asked, just rewinding it and listen to that a couple of times because many people are very high IQ, very intelligent. I mean, I'm talking nuclear physicists. I'm talking people who are like very exceptional in what they do. I've come to this and gone, damn, it was everything was based on them assuming a radius value. And the only way they can calculate that radius value is to assume the horizon was a physical tangent point that they could draw a tangent and the horizon is apparent by definition. It doesn't exist. The sky and the earth, or the sky and the water, ocean, never meet. It's just a point where our vision fails because the angular resolution gets too small. And sometimes there's you know natural phenomena that's occurring during the due to weather conditions and all that stuff that obscure things. But it's not a physical point. And so if you look at how Aberuni, Alberuni, derived that use the horizon as a tangent point. You can't do that. It's called begging the question. It's assuming something that's not there. And this whole model, oh, Earth is spinning? Great, you're going to need a radius value for that. How'd you get the radius? Oh, terrestrial refraction? That's why we can see that? Well, you're going to need a radius because your standard refraction, terrestrial refraction calculator, assumes a radius value of 3,959 miles cannot be proven seven over six r you can't you can't measure it so you need all of us had to take this pill some of us just don't have the egos like for me this shit came across my desk in like 2013 2014 and i had the humility to say yeah fuck uh you know and like a lot of us aren't ego invested into this shit so it makes sense to us and we're willing to look at it i i researched it on my own 
for like two years before I even started talking about it in public because I wanted to make sure this wasn't a psychological, you know, operation to like humiliate people. Mm -hmm. And if you can do basic geometry, it's very simple. No matter where you are in this world, if you're on a globe with a radius value of 3,959 miles, every distance any horizon you're looking at must be no further than 1.225 times the square root of the observer's height in feet. And I grew up in a place where I can see something 25 miles away, not below the curvature that I shouldn't be able to see at the elevation that I'm the height of the observer. I shouldn't be able to see it. I grew up looking at that like it was casual. I grew up on the ocean. Well, what's interesting for me, it made perfect sense. What was so funny is, is through my own experience, it was getting us so simple because as you, real quick, as you said, you can tell people this information, people will not be able to process it or choose not to hear it. And for me, it was as simple as just using my life experience of just going, I forgot who it was, but someone I was listening to said, just stand still, close your eyes. What do you feel? And I know we said about feelings, but truly like, I know what it feels like to spin and feel nauseous like i get nauseous when i'm spinning and then someone says okay you you get nauseous spinning but now the spin is so bigger than you and so fast that you don't feel it does that like does that intuitively and i know we're talking about intuition it could be kind of demystified here but there's some there's truth to it in the sense of going intuitively what feels right and that was like that makes no sense i don't i i physically don't feel like i'm spinning i don't have that sensation only time that ever feels like the world's spinning is when my internal psyche is off and when things my energetically I'm all over the place right you feel like dude like what my life is going you know what I mean like and people know that and a lot of people that's their normal like I'm so scared there's so much shit going on oh you know fucking just things in the air that I can't see like it's it's causing internally this this basically cyclone and that's why people feel like yeah it feels like the world's spinning but I don't know for me it was just simple as going stand still put your feet in the grass in the sand wherever but like it's a relatively new phenomenon, like right. low birth, heliocentrism. This is a inversion of reality. And that's so that's why it was so easy for me to understand is because people like Mark Passio kind of primered me from that, even though he treated flat earthers like scumbags. And I'm very disappointed in him. And I don't I don't give him any I don't pay any attention to him anymore because he's so rude about things. And um, but one thing that he taught us early on, like 2008, 2009, was that there's one thing the dark occult does is it's they always invert the truth. Don't right. put the truth at like a 45 degree angle, but it's like 180. So if they're telling you it's round, you know to do the it's the exact opposite because these people can't help themselves. They're like getting off on it. There's some sort of superstitious religious belief behind it where they have to invert truth. They, they invert, invert it, reality. but they might they also sometimes will obscure it in that they describe it to you in a sense that could be metaphorically true, but without yeah. giving you the full details. And then they let all their little minions and middle managers extrapolate from there and tell you flat out lies. Cause the, like to me, when we say that there's a, a dome or there's some sort of barrier to keep the gas pressure in, it is very similar to the concept of the edge of someone's bioplasma. The, there's a sheath yeah. to that, just like a cell has a cell membrane. Yeah, I can with the tuning forks. I can hear when I hit someone's the edge of someone's bubble space. I can measure it with dowsing rods, with the L rods. I can know that I have done something effective 
uh, to rebalance someone's energy field in a certain part of their column, their what you would call chakras, with the dowsing rods because before and after the process, it'll be different sizes. It'll shrink or grow. And so it is wild. Like (laughs) the last guy I worked with, he had all kinds of unprocessed backlog of grief and sadness from a lifetime of, uh, not a lifetime, but many years of like drug addiction and fucking his life up. And so all of his physical lower centers, the, the solar plexus down, were like shrunk down super small. And he couldn't feel things. He was saying like, I just don't, f- I don't feel anything. He doesn't feel pleasure in life and, and all that. But his heart, like above the heart, they were all about normal. And his heart chakra was huge. Like when I measured that space, it was like eight or nine feet off the body. And so after I did what I did, and then I measured with the, the dowsing rods again, it was kind of like deflating a balloon. <laughs> I like let that energy come, like I punctured it in a sense. and even metaphorically like unclogging your drain or whatever yeah and i allowed it to like go back down to the, to actually flow past that bottleneck down to the lower centers and when i came back with the l rods i mean all i'm doing is holding these these l-shaped copper rods with beads on the handle so that they can spin freely and i very gently and carefully walk forward and i just think of what center i'm measuring or i say it out loud and i i assume that it's something to do with like the electricity in my body and through the ether connecting in the, to his body's electricity and they're communicating. It's really wild because I do this remotely. Like I think homeboy was in Canada or something, but at the end of the process, all of the, everything was in balance again. Everything that I measured was all the same size. So the whole, mm-hmm. it was shaped correctly again, the sphere. That's- and so my point in bringing this up is because like if, universe is a fractal. And this is something I want to talk to you about, Pat, is, uh, you know, maybe in a future episode, yeah. energy vampirism, psychic vampirism, oh. and, and like Curlian photography and ways that we actually can view and measure the, uh, the plasma and the electricity of our energy field, that it's not just a woo woo thing. And that there could be a reason why this system of the, the realm we're in, it looks like it's, there's nothing there in terms of a dome, but you know, it could be more of like a toroidal field effect that causes a barrier that's more energetic and less physical. But these are all interesting speculations to get into. I'm sure you're probably trying to steer us towards uh, some sort of a landing pad right now. So I won't get well, into I say, to that. I, I, the thing is, is like I said, I have a, a little bit of restriction only because I have a little one, but I want, and I just don't want to get us into a deep one. Then I'd be like, oh, I got to stop. But dude, I fucking love this dude. If you guys want to do this again, I, I mean, we, there's so much I'm just taking in and processing. So um, I'm waiting for I'll, Dylan to finish his book to come back on my show. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm saving that. Uh, got into the pocket, got pocket but, in the pocket. But no, I, 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 again, I very much appreciate your guys' time. I love where we were going with this. I love what we've covered. Um, and for those who maybe are still getting all over the place with this, and again, read the books. It is worth your time. Whether or not you agree with what we're saying, that's the third, the third installment. But, you know. Well, truth doesn't care about anybody's opinion. Yeah. And it's, that's, it's, that's the ultimate point is like, it's not about us. Right. It's not about what we think. You don't even have to defend the truth. It's self-evident. You don't own it. So why you just, it is what it is. Instead of of Shapiro's facts don't care about your feeling, it's more like, wow, technically the truth doesn't care about your feelings. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, Nashville, they can't help themselves. They're tracking all the fucking fake right freak shows. Yeah, this uh, they're 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 Peterson's making daughter right. just went there. I saw pictures of Peterson's daughter over there. Oh, like, ah, like I'm looking for a person on chain. It's like this country is falling. It's not getting back up. We gotta just learn how to thrive in the in the chaos and it's like Owen Benjamin says, there's fucking opportunity out the ass if you just leave the artificial reality behind and go do something. Dude, yeah. so true, man. And and that's what I think is... What if he sees this, he's going to be like, oh my God, Dylan Sikoshi has pure anti-Semitism and he's throwing nickels at Jews. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, he's, I like Owen. He's a, he's a, great, he's a good guy. But what's, I like that guy. what is great is, is that we're taking the time to, as you said, Dylan, and what you've been saying, chances, trying to figure out what the fuck this place is, understanding the bigger pictures, yeah. but also taking a minute to also, as we said earlier, not get caught up into it to the point where, you know, you're, that's all your life is like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're on your path, Dylan, chance you're on your path. I'm on my path. Like, you know, at least for me, like the best thing was being, becoming a father, becoming, you know, you know, starting a family, like hands down the best thing I ever did in my life. And I was going on and it was down the same path as you Dylan in regards to the film and, and entertainment and I still have those creative aspects of me but I'm able to use them in different outlets now I still use them in similar outlets but like being with my son using that creativity with him and, and when I'm we're playing with other kids that we meet and friends it's, it's it's a it's quite the the experience and having this knowledge and not like bombarding people with it but having yeah. that confidence of going I know things I've learned things and now I can through again, an alpha state, hopefully over time, be more in that alpha mindset of going, it's going to be okay. Because creating authentically is how you could like, that is the spiritual path. Creating from an yeah. authentic center is connecting to the creator. Right. And it, it is the fractal. That's why they, that's why Hollywood focus on artists so bad or so hard is because the artists are the creators and these people can't create. Yes, they're, like, they're like, yeah, yeah. And so they need to manipulate the artists and bribe them. And that's why I ultimately got so into this is because it was like, I've seen so many people get chewed up and spit out by Hollywood. Um, it never happened to me. I just didn't make it. I'm fucking left. Right. Right. And, but the reality, nobody ever abused me. I was very lucky, but it's because I come from a strong family background and like, I've never had to like, if, if I had, if I have to, can compromise who I am to get my attain my goals. My goals are aren't shit anyway, so I need to go to the drawing board. That being said, a lot of people are not in that mindset. They want they've worked their whole life to get somewhere, and now you got like a Harvey Weinstein or like these Brian Singer, Kevin Spacey types like at the gates. You know, like yep. You want this role? You know, I'm not saying that Brian Singer, Kevin Spacey, or Harvey Weinstein did that. I'm just saying they're like they them. Did. Right. They're like, I, I believe it's my opinion that they're like that. I've been in front, I've been in their, in some of their presences and I got a very bad vibe, but at the same time, I think there is also a consensual agreement where people are afraid to say no. So it's not technically a non-consensual thing. It's just, they don't want to get blackballed. So they give in and go along to get along and then they don't get what they were promised and they get chewed up and spit out and they're fucking on drugs to try to numb what they have to look at in the mirror every day and so it's just uh it's sad but at the end of the day it's like chance said like art really like when i play music when i when i like when i'm in doing something creative 
I lose track of everything and it does feel like I'm connecting to God. And that's what I loved about acting and like the arts and um, you know, writing and creating. All that stuff is amazing. And it doesn't matter which medium you're using. It's like your way of tapping into God. So some people probably do that when they're fucking drawing up blueprints. They're just getting all this like divine inspiration when they're doing like creating, imagine creating a church, right? And all these like cathedrals, there's, there's an element of that in everything. And so what it's really about is being on your purpose, whatever that is. And generally this goes back to trust in your instincts and your intuition, because what you are attracted to, what you like are generally gonna serve you well unless you have an imbalance, unrealistic expectations of what you're looking for by pursuing those, right? Like if like you have like some weird goal attached to it, like I'm doing this so I can attain this rather than I'm doing this because I love this, then that might be a different story. But yeah, you need to be on your purpose and not pursuing all the other bullshit because when you're on your purpose, you're gonna be creating more than you consume. And it's not bad to consume things, but if you're only consuming, then why? Why? What's the point? Just so you can have like a feel good in your mind? Well, that's actually going to sidetrack you more in life than had you been like a Neanderthal who's just good at one thing and just does that like it's his purpose. And all of a sudden he creates this huge business for himself. And you're like, yeah, but he doesn't even know anything about like the sacred di- dialect or the vulgar tongue. You know what I mean? It's like, does that, does that get you paid? Does that get you laid? No. Physical world action gets people attracted to you. Being good looking, being in shape, not being fat, not having estrogen bitch tits like bitch tits Billy uh, Gates, you know? You need to be in good shape. You never get to let your hair down. You never get to rest. You get married and be like, oh, I'm married. I can just sit there, fucking drink beer and watch fucking football and my wife's still gonna love me. It don't work that way. It doesn't. It's like people have unrealistic expectations. You as a man need to stop listening to society, stop caring about what anyone thinks of you, and do your fucking thing. Be on your purpose, and people will gravitate towards you. Look at this. I wrote books. I'm talking to you guys because my work brought people into my life. Not vice versa. I wasn't fucking sliding into your DMs. No. My work brought quality people in my life. That's what people need to do. And most people are afraid to do that. And, and it lets you be choosy, Dylan. It lets you actually yeah. make choices. And like most people are looking at what they've got as like, well, I can, I have to settle because it's the best that could ever come my way. Not realizing and that, that that's actually what's common. I'm guilty of that. I am guilty of that. And that's I've actually what leads you to want to self-sabotage yeah. and do all kinds of stupid stuff that hurts yourself because you're already looking at life like I'm settling. Right. And as soon as you... Like life will respect the boundaries that you set, like what you experience and what you, what comes to you will 100% reflect the level of boundaries and what you decide uh, you want. Like I say it all the time. I'll say it again and again, and I'm going to get it made on a t-shirt at some point. If it's not hell, yes, it's hell fucking no. And you can actually live your life that way and watch what happens when you set those type of boundaries between yourself and everything. Absolutely. If it's not 100% full body, hell yes, then fuck off and see as, how that uh, works out. Well, see, as, as Rolo Tomasi wrote in The Rational Mail, which every man should read, genuine desire is not negotiated. It's either there, and, and the medium is the message. If you're getting, like this girl I liked I was seeing, she 
kind of flaked on me the other day, gone. That's not genuine desire. That is the message. Even if they come back and say, oh, I didn't mean to do it like that. No, but that's the message. Because if you were, if it was genuine desire, you wouldn't have done that. You fucking drive across the country to be with me. You would do, you know what I mean? That's it. You get in life what you put up with. You get what you literally tolerate. And right now, look around us. Our countrymen are feminine, out of shape, unhealthy, disgusting freaks that tolerate evil to run amok. Right. So that is what this environment is going to bring in totally. and we can't stop it but we can say this is what's happening and this is what i need to do to avoid exposure to it and create my own successful healthy environment that other people will want to be around rather than sit here and bitch and moan about how the world's collapsing and the world's going to be fine it's just human beings that are trash right, right. and until we change our behavior it's going to continue on this trajectory and these cycles and we just got to be like hey this is the weather. It was snowing today. I can't sit here and say, I'm upset that winter is coming. Right. I, I can't sit and go, you know, if I just like, maybe if I'm, if I'm a little better, if I be a good boy, will you, will you bring back summer? Right. Not till after winter, bitch. Okay. Right. Live it. Embrace that motherfucking cold. Get it in your soul. Cause that's as a man, you need to thrive in the external environment and just fucking say, I don't care what the circumstances are. I'm going to fucking win. I'm going to do something worthwhile because I only have so many fucking days. I'm at the point now where I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I, fu- I fucking woke up today. I'm, I fucking won the lottery because I fucking woke up and saw the sun. I might not wake up tomorrow and I'm okay with that because I fucking lo- I'm so grateful for every day that I get to be here. That's like where you got to be. It's in the it's the gratitude that through and through that's the most important thing, man. Because we can get so caught up in the mundane and all the nonsense of life, but when you don't, and you said this last time on our our uh, podcast, chance, and and I even clipped it for uh, Instagram, just talking about like just going outside and just having a different perspective of going like it's a beautiful day out, even if no matter how many clouds are out there. Like I think that's also awesome. get sun on your balls. Dude, sun on- <laughs> it's really really good for you. Little, little do we know that Chance actually has his balls out right now, and he has. He's literally no, no, no. Bottom half, he's like butt I, wait, I do pantsless podcasts all the time, but not yeah. today. But they just say, last time it was a beer and pantless. This time it's jeans and uh, turmeric. That's correct. Yeah, dude. That's more- awesome. <laughs> well, dude, let's, I want to wrap us up. Um, thank you guys so much for your time. I highly, highly uh, anticipated this one, and it, it definitely didn't disappoint. I hope you guys want to do this again. Um, there's so much yeah anytime you guys i love talking to you guys so like we always have fun so even if you guys want to make this like a regular thing where we get together like once a month or whatever yeah, i'm in dude uh, i, I love it and yeah i mean i just want to wrap this up here uh with whatever else you guys were doing i know we talked about your book uh, but maybe chance if you want to start if there's anything you want people to know what you're doing or where to find you um you know because you guys have a wealth of information and obviously universepodcast.com um getting out there on a lot more shows like yours happy to do it so if you're hearing this and you're a podcast host hit me up i'm probably willing and uh, i enjoy it i like to switch to the guest seat but from my website interversepodcast.com you'll find links to every other place where the content lives i've got the main show i've got a weekly live show vibe rant that's pretty fun be careful Googling that. I found out that apparently there's like some gay dudes from Texas that have a show called Vibrant also. Not the same. <laughs> but not the, it's not the same show. Why is, the, why is the host's name Chance Garten? 
cartel. Oh, yeah. Stop. Stop. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I do some morning every like every five to seven days. I'll do like a morning divinatory video where I just kind of try to tap into the flow state of where we're at in the in the universe and uh, give some inspiration to the tribe that's watching about like you know spiritual advice. I guess you could call it make with that a, what you will, but people seem to enjoy it. And I have a lot of fun doing those and it seems to generate synchronicity. So those are the three things and, you know, watch out for uh, Dylan's next book. I want to say that that's going to be a banger. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your guys' uh, podcast on that one before. Oh, wait. And I do sound healing I, in case people didn't know, you can email me for that chance at interversepodcast.com or one-on-one -on -one divination sessions. Those are, those can also be a really great way to help you see what you really think and feel about stuff in your life and uh, not lie to yourself anymore and get the, you know, make an investment in having a real conversation with me and see if that gives you the, uh, the fuel to actually make some changes because, you know, you put some money down, you're not going to want to waste that money. And, uh, and we talk about what's real. I, I think that it can inspire some super good, healthy changes. And I'll tell you about the boundaries you need to hold because <laughs> I've been there and that's where the, all the treasure is at is holding your own light and not letting the the phages eat it <laughs> as Dylan would call them. I love it. The Dylan. ultimate green language it satisfies so many, uh, it satisfies so many different uh, archetypes and yet it can't be reported for hate speech because it's an actual thing. Um, but we're, we're about IQ, you, baby. We're, uh, we're so I'm, yeah. I'm about 120 pages deep, a little bit more, because I still got to transfer some, because I write I write in uh, person or on pa paper, and then I transfer it to the notes. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working as, as much as I can to get the fourth book of Spirit World, that's W-H-I-R-L-E-D, done by the end of this year, at least the first draft, but it might not happen. I'm also like 100 pages deep into a book called Get Mad or Get Realistic. Because I noticed that that's like my tagline for everything nowadays. It's like you can look at the world and you can get mad at it or you can get realistic and say, how do I need to change my behavior and work on myself to thrive in it? And um, it's kind of like a, a man's guide to turning it all around. And um, I, I basically zeroed out over the last couple of years and uh, was in a really toxic relationship that wasn't a real relationship. I just believed that it was because I was delusional because I believed in all this garbage like soulmates and like the twin flames and all that stuff. And like, you know, when you really start examining the world and that's what's so important about all the work we're doing just in different layers and in different areas is I don't think people take that saying um, Crow's tagline far enough. That belief is the enemy of knowing. And it's like, how many things do you believe? Are you willing to sit here and be realistic about, say, I believe that that is what this is, not I know what that is. Mm -hmm. And by believing, you admit that you don't know. And so sometimes the real like curse of this world, in my opinion, going back to into how intuition can lead you astray, sometimes things happen in such synchromistic ways where it feels like divinity is guiding it. It feels like this... You know, and that's 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 my problem is I was like a simp to uh, synchromysticism or like, you know, like I felt like, oh, man, God wants me to do this. So I'm going to do this. God brought this woman into my life. I need to serve her. You know, this type of like I like this. It's just it's more gynocentric 
new world phage order programming and get you to siphon off your masculinity and castrate yourself and buy into their bullshit while you're actually sabotaging what you are is because the more you cater to that, the more the woman actually doesn't want to be with you because you're not that leader alpha male that she really biologically wants, even if her mind doesn't realize that because the world tells her to want something else. You can't undo the evolutionary traits that made us what we are. And so for me, the hardest thing was realizing that even though I was unplugged in so many other ways, I was still plugged into all these other lives. So I had to plug myself out of it. I had to deal with like that fucking withdrawal and this psycho, the psychological kind of torment that came from that. And then what I did to start like working out and turning it around. So I'm just going to basically include me. It's like not a book on how to succeed, how to make money. I do. It's just a book on if you're in a rut in life and you don't know where to begin, how you can turn it around and get shit going to the right direction. And doesn't matter. You don't have to wait for perfection. If you can just turn it around, everything else will take care of itself because it's the mind that starts dominating the weak nature of the body that always seeks comfort. And you need to be, your mind needs to be able to override that and say, no, you get your ass in the gym today. And because I don't like your attitude, you're going to go twice as hard, do twice as many, whatever you got to do to punish yourself in a weird way. Sometimes you need to crack that whip. It's not even punishing though, because once you flip it, once you flip the couch around, it actually feels good to feel good. Yeah. So it's really just the mental hurdle of the belief that it sucks to do the hard work. And then once actually, when you reprogram or rewire your, your brain and your body, that feeling good feels good. Then you actually are attracted to go do the stuff. Like I, I, I'm excited. I'm upset if I can't get to the gym, not because I have to go, you know what I'm saying? I didn't skip leg day today. Put it that way. <laughs> well, I could I could speak for at least myself when uh, I don't, we the, the gyms here you need certain passports. So I just I find creative oh, ways with, with my son to do it, which is again that's the beauty of we were talking about creativity is like um, all right, fine, you can't do that. Well, I'm gonna go put my kid on a boogie board and do sprints on the beach, and he's having fun, and I'm you know hauling ass, you know what I mean? Or I'm gonna you know do whatever I can do to get creative with it. Something I, for me personally, it's like, I don't have, I I can't literally go to the gym without it turning into, you know, affidavits and things like that. And it's going, well, (laughs) I'm on a beach, man. So I, you know, I have, I have nature around me, right. I can go pick up logs. I'll go pick up logs and guess what? My son's watching and he's getting excited. He wants to go do those things. My son's not even two years old and he's already learning how to surf, you know, he can barely swim. It's, it's like, I mean, he can, he's learning how to swim in the ocean. And he just turned two. And that's for me looking like that's the, the pride and honor I have said, okay, I don't have the same routine that I once had where, you know, when I was working in the gym, dude, I was, you know, deadlifting 435 for three or five. You know what I mean? Not that that's a lot for some people, but for someone like myself, like, you know, I was prime. And now it's just a different prime. It's tapping more into creativity, but it's like, yeah, I don't have as many joint issues. Yeah, maybe I'm not lifting as heavy, but I'm getting creative with how I lift weights to make it feel and create that sense of heaviness right and at the same time i'm teaching my son that same mindset right like he's you know and it's fun to watch and you know we're around other people and they're like dude your kid can do certain shit i'm like yeah he can because i'm not gonna limit him like obviously as a parent right you have to like 
pull, pump the brakes on certain things, but it's also allowing him to be like, let me explore that. Let me get better with it. And then also now having a parent who's in that same mindset, I mean, not to two mount horn, but you know, we, we definitely get the people observing how we do things and going, that's incredible. One, that he can do that. And two, you're doing it with them. And as we were saying earlier about being overweight, it's like, you see so many parents who just can't physically do it because they've let themselves go. And it's like, you know, don't be that person. Like you said, wake up, be grateful for the sun, be grateful for family, be grateful for just even who you are. Right. And then being able to go, yeah, I'm not feeling it today. Well, guess what? You're going to go a little harder. You're going to get them to, you know what I mean? Like at least mine, it's like, you're going to do four more sprints. He's going to love it. And you're going to be winded, but it's like walking away going like, I feel good. You're, you know, at least my experience, he's happy. And at the end of the day, we got to experience it together or in your situations, right? It's like, I got experience for myself. And then that energy gets admitted to when you're talking to meeting a woman, right? It's being like, that's the energy you're putting out of that confidence, yeah. that true confidence, not the ego trying to manipulate, you know? Yeah, you're just being real. And like going yeah. back to what you said, you could have got mad at the waxing passport, but you got right. realistic. Right. Got realistic. I'm not going to deal with that. So I got to find another route. And that's what, you know, it's like, it's like that Bruce Lee saying, be like water. Got to, you as a man have to be, say, you know what, this is fucked up, but I've got to work with it and I've got to find another way around it or whatever, right? And you can spend your whole life, that's why I'm not big on the law stuff. I like teaching it to just to show people what they're getting into and what how it works, but I don't think you should interact with it. I mean, if you can and that's your calling and you get off on that, do it. But if you, if, you know, don't, if you're feeling like I don't want to associate with that, don't just you just got to find a way to go around it and minimize your exposure to shit because the world, you know, the further I look back in history, the more I see is like nothing's changed in thousands of years, guys. We're in this situation today. It's no, it's just the same situation as our ancestors dressed up a little bit differently right. and goes back to what Chance was saying is like, is this, are we destined for this? Is this a pattern like are all these languages and symbolism like just something that expresses itself? Like, you know, like you have the seed and the seed is already like programmed to know what to grow into. And no matter where you plant that seed, it's going to have that effect. You know what I mean? Like how does a calf know like the second it comes out of that freaking mama cow, it's like going straight for the teat. It knows where everything is. Like there is a program in all life. There's, that's unquestionable. So how does it work? I don't know. I don't make claims to know, but you just need to use your senses and your intuition and everything else to figure out what's going on around you and act appropriately. Yeah. And you can get pissed off or you can get realistic. Get mad or get realistic. And the realistic person is going to do a lot better because it's like, you know what? I need to go to the gym because I need to, I can't miss this day. I can't miss, lose these games. Whatever. You know, I need to. I need to put in this work because I need to grow my business. I need to finish this book. I need to make this podcast. I need to, you know, work with this client. I got to help people. I got to do that. You know, whatever it is, you just got to fucking do it no matter what you feel like sometimes. And that's part of the thing that the body will try to make you not do because it's like, I just want to, I just want to lay on the couch. I don't want to you know, just watch ice cream or eat ice cream and watch like whatever people watch. I haven't had TV in like so long. I don't fuck. I'm like way out of, pop culture it's, it's so. so true man but um but i i'm gonna have to wrap us guys i saw um, i guess but this yeah, is gonna roll run too yeah but thank you right. so much for your time guys thank you for everyone who's tuned in and uh stayed with us 
Um, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to doing this again. And uh, but until then, Very everyone, well. thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you.